I'll tell you how to Does that come through to you, Seth? I should try to find that when cats. That is. No, no, I was watching something. It's a pretty easy baseline. Yeah. You know, it's funny though, because it's still like every single time you get down to weird stuff, right? Like, was it you that like shared Greta Band with me? And I was like, what about it's like Red Zeppelin? Oh, yeah. I think. I told you about them, or you told me about them, or I told you about them, but you already knew about them. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, <clears throat> just like literally, and I guess the lead singer. Well, so he sounds just like Robert Plant, and like I guess their older stuff. I guess in their newer stuff, they're definitely trying to form their own sound. Sound. Yeah. Because I, I heard some of their newer stuff, and it did not sound that way at all. Show you what I was laughing at. Okay. Were you able to open that from Messenger? Because I sent you that you said something about Messenger, so I sent it through. Yeah, if it's, if it's on my uh, if it's on my computer, like I can't like open Messenger on my computer, but I can open it on my phone. It's just weird. It's just it's I'm using my work computer, so that that could be the reason why like, work is like done something to block Messenger. This You've probably yourself. already seen this, but this is what I had. This is what I was laughing at. Are you able to share your screen? Mm. No. Okay. YouTube video two. Oh my god! I don't, oh shit! No. <laughs> So I looked this up. 
because apparently there's something about a bunch of guys going to see this movie, and it's all because of Ryan Gosling. And it's with, whether or not Ryan meant it or not, he's kind of become a manosphere icon, mostly because of uh, Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Because that kind of became a Manosphere movie like Fight Club and stuff did. Did it really? Yeah. <clears throat> that, that is actually surprising. That one I would have not guessed. Is there a reason why? <clears throat> Typically, it's equated with the most iconic scene of the movie. I'll put it that way. The uh, naked robot whatever? Or sure, hologram but, lady? But not so much that is the look on his face. Like... <clears throat> When it shows this, where he's got the bandage on his nose and he's just kind of just staring at it, like. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> well, here's what I'm gonna say about that. That looks stupid as hell. I don't know if I would can bother watching that. Greta Gerwig, she's married to somebody, or. Noah Bombach, that's it. She's she's with that guy. You know who that is, don't you? Sorry, one sec. Okay. Anywho. Anywho. So, Greta Gerwig, you know what Noah Bombach is, don't you? Bombach? Bombach. Noah, I don't know. He's got a few movies, a couple of them through Netflix. Mainly works with Ben Stiller, Adam Driver. Doesn't sound like it, though. Okay. I don't know if you'd like his movies, though. They're really kind of like melodramas. They're not really melodrama. Like, they're not really funny or or science fictiony or they're just really kind of melodramatic. So, um, did he do Permanent Midnight? No, that was Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller wrote that and directed that. I thought. Mm, okay. Did you see that movie Jerry Stiller did, uh, The Independent or whatever? Yeah, dude, that was hilarious. I like <laughs> that one. Were they offered to buy his film, his movies by the pound? <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, wasn't that like a, a mockumentary too, wasn't it? It was like, a, yeah, it was a mockumentary about a, like a washed up director. Yep. <laughs> it, was, I, it was trying to sell his catalog and they offered it <laughs> by the pound. <laughs> 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 I just, I will tell you, like, Jerry Stiller, same type of, like, Ben Stiller, 90% of his movies are just, like, awkward, weird situations that none of us would get into, right? And you just feel embarrassed for the guy at the end of the day. Jerry Stiller, different style of comedy altogether, loud, crass, not really, like, the awkwardness is more of just, like, oh, God, this guy's just awkward. Mm -hmm. I know. Well, You've been recording this whole time. I have been. 
You got me. We haven't talked. We haven't done anything. But I wanted to see, like, if something interesting, like, what happens if we just went down a vibe, right? And all of a sudden, it's just like. I just have to look up and see the red dot. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, we're we didn't do an intro or nothing. No, we'll do an he intro got now. He got me. <laughs> you didn't even see the countdown, did you? That's hilarious. That's awesome. No, I was probably watching the Barbie trailer. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't. I don't, I don't know what's worse. I'm going to be honest. That DDLG video that you sent me, or Barbie at this point in my mind, like that's uh, both no, are just DDLG by a long shot, uh, dude. Like, there's this just this weird thing I've been seeing, like where a lot of guys are. I don't know if they're just jokingly doing it, saying it ironically. Uh-huh. See these things are like guys talking about going to see that movie. Like Barbie. I think it's like it's secretly going to be based or something like that. I don't know. I, Which, I if it was, that would be hilarious. Like, there's no way. There's just, absolutely <laughs> no way. That's, that would be hilarious. <laughs> so wait, this chick, this PB cocaine. What's PB uh, cocaine? No, Is that really PB, like? I've, she's actually got her teeth capped. Like I'm like I, looking up pictures of her. She's actually because it's just like it bugs me. In the last one, I was like, "What the fuck is with you?" I told Teeth. you I didn't even want to send that to you. I, I I told you like I came across this unintentionally. Some of the just, remaining little remaining faith I had in humanity crumbled just a little bit more. But you had to see it. I, I cannot believe that this is what like our society considers talent. Yeah, um, considers. Oh, they're braces. Okay, so again, like I just can't believe that this is society. Society's gone and said that this is, like, this is okay. Like, where's her dad in this? Where is her father in this situation? Well, that video I sent you. Did you see the top comment? No, I did not. Yeah, go like look at the top comment. And the fact is, she actually had the audacity to pin it. Oh, okay, we're we're, we're so. I got to take a look at this. Okay. Uh. Imagine being her dad. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, she replied to that. He's proud of my success. Uh, it, if anything, if anything, the only time... I'm 32 years old and I feel like my mom is going around, going to ground me for watching this. What a time to be alive. I, I mean, that's pretty much what this... <laughs> I've been paralyzed from the waist down for 30 years, stuck up in my apartment. <laughs> This song gave me enough willpower to get up and jump out the window. <laughs> uh, finally, a good Christian song I can sing at my church. Um, such deep, thoughtful lyrics to inspire a generation of young women to become the leaders, philosophers, and scientists. And then, the, and this is exactly—I think this is what gets me right here—is like you and I can both agree on this. Like, this is not female empowerment. No, it's not. Like this is this is like. So the feminists have fought for this? I don't know what you want me to say, man. I, I don't know. Like because let's let's face it, like she's getting her 15 minutes of fame, right? At the end of the day, she will no longer be 30 years old. What how what is she, 20 years old? You said 21 or something? I think yeah, I think she was born in 2001. Okay. So, so she will like she's gonna grow up, get really <laughs> ugly, right, at the end of the day. And there, all the like she's going to have going for her is this these music videos. Like she's not gonna, 
she's probably wasted whatever money she's made off of like being an internet influencer in some way, shape, or form of these music videos. Like, well, she's I wouldn't jump wasted to, that money. I wouldn't jump to any conclusions just yet. I mean, it's, it's kind of a fair assumption. Like, uh, there's a there's a guy on YouTube I like, uh, and I'm certain I've heard his real name, but I'm forgetting his, his channel, Poor Man Podcast. Yeah. And he's brought up a couple of times, like NBA stars. Mm-hmm. The majority of NBA stars are broke within five years of leaving the league. Same with NFL again, stars, because <clears throat> they just, you know, they they're millionaires at twenty two. Yeah, after probably not having any money growing up, and all of a sudden, it's almost like winning the lottery, well, except for, you know, obviously they got the money because they have dedicated enough effort to being really skilled at basketball. Yeah, enough to be professional. But there's still the mental maturity there that, yeah, there's a lot of them, they're 22 years old, probably didn't have money, and all of a sudden they're millionaires. But as soon as they're out of the league, they within five years, they're broke. Um, That's, and it could happen so, with someone like her, too, but I'm not going to jump to conclusions just yet. No. And again, it's, so, I mean, is she really worse than Cardi B? Or uh, well, I mean, the, the lyrics aren't, I don't know, wet-ass pussy, so, yeah, never mind. Um, yeah, never mind, so. The, um, we, you know, it's funny, though, because you bring up, like, these basketball players or football players who go broke, right? A lot of it, though, is also that aspect of generational wealth. So what ends up happening is, is suddenly they get these, like, $20 million, $10 million contracts, right? Even more some sometimes, you know? And it's not... The unfortunate part is it's not just them that suddenly becomes rich. It's them in their hood. Mm-hmm. So they're expected to give that money essentially back to their families, to their, like, so that, so you always talk about like, oh, you win the lotto and all of a sudden everybody and their mom, who you probably knew since elementary school, suddenly comes out of the woodwork and says, hey, I knew you back then, you know that. And yeah. that's what that, t- and it's almost an expectation that they're sharing that wealth yeah, with everyone else, and I, and I don't even remember where I heard that first. But and it's not even just like lottery winners, but like you get an inheritance, like you you have an uncle that died, and you don't even necessarily need to be like a millionaire. No. But you end up inheriting fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand, like all of a sudden you're in money. Just <clears throat> I've heard it put several times. Like if you are ever in that situation, like immediately retain a lawyer, yeah, and like an accountant, and it, because all of a sudden like. You, you win the lottery and like a week later somebody you haven't seen in 15 years is suing you it's yeah yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> and it just happened it happens like that so mm-hmm. yeah, it makes perfect sense actually yeah but in oh, this situation, I, I knew this dude when he uh he rented my house for me and he destroyed it 15 years ago <laughs> you know yeah that kind of shit. Yeah. so the main lesson kind of circling back to you know what i'm just not even going to say your name anymore main lesson to take away from that is just to understand that TikTok is Chinese cyber weapon. Yeah. It, it's it's twofold. It uh, is an intelligence gathering tool unlike anything. I mean, people say, oh, Facebook's just as bad or No, not even close. TikTok, like, puts a keystroke logger on your phone and all this mm. shit, like, gathers stuff even after well, you uninstall it, it does all this bullshit. I, I got into Facebook it, does it, Messenger yeah, does it, Instagram like, does it, like all that shit does it. So and they all TikTok feeds it all to Chinese, Chinese yeah, yeah. To the, and that's and that's and, and then that's, at the same time it's exporting degeneracy, like it yeah. is. It is flat out like making the Western world weaker because all that bullshit. You go to China, like it's not called TikTok in China, whatever they call mm-hmm. it. You don't you don't 
see that bullshit. They don't allow it through. Yeah. You see a bunch of stuff like, you know, hail China and all this stuff and like kind of like communist Nazi sort of propaganda stuff like with citizen heroes and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I am, you know, deadlifting a thousand pounds for the motherland kind of sort of shit. Like, <laughs> that, that's the kind of shit you see yeah. like in China's version of TikTok. So all this crap you see over here, not a lot. Oh, no. I've seen the, the clip of like the kindergartners, the Chinese kindergartners. Yeah, yeah. That, dude, that shit's insane. Yeah. We you are. Get, you couldn't get American kindergartners to do that if you spent the whole year working on it. We are. We are a lost society. We could. <laughs> we could get American kindergartners to do it. The problem is, is that we have lazy teachers, or just you know, there's. I'm not going to say every teacher's lazy. But at the end of the day, teachers don't really want to work. Like, yeah. I I don't think anybody really wants to work anymore. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's kind of true. Because because I wouldn't say you're wrong. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, parents are just kind of using schools as a daycare center. So it's, it's yeah. just like everyone's getting. We shouldn't family. have to. We shouldn't have to have like. And I know you're a parent. I'm not. But I'm going to say this right now, and it's going to sound bad. But we as parents. Not me, everyone else in this world. This is the non-parent person coming out of the woodwork, I guess you could say, and that's fine. I'm going to tell you how to raise your kids, but I don't think sex ed would be taught in schools the way that it's being taught had parents like taken a step up and actually teach their kids values and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. But to go back to what you're saying is just like people treating schools like daycare centers rather than just like this is where my kid learns specific things you know but schools now because of that situation are being used as indoctrination tools so yeah 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 it's all yeah so anyway Um, are are you drinking you're drinking wine tonight i am so i was gonna say um we have quite a show obviously we're already quite a show (laughs) (laughs) i think I actually, I think this episode is going to uh, make a few people mad, and oh, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine with that, honestly. Like, I think we should. Let's push well, the envelope. If you ever want to make people mad, just let me go for thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're drunk enough for John's. <laughs> you know, you just and maybe. Like... I... <laughs> That would be you. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like, I can't I can't listen to this. offending my poor my poor self. Oh man. Um, all right. Without further ado, this is Quixotic. I'm Steve. And I'm John. Yeah yeah. Alright. Uh we have not been hitting the hooch early. So John, let's go ahead and get this started. What do you what are you uh drinking this evening? All right, so it's I just. By the way, awesome shirt. Oh yeah, I uh, got it it's in Boston. A, yeah, this friend of mine did something, did me a, a huge favor. <laughs> I'm forever grateful to him. <laughs> so this is actually kind of old. Um, it just it's been in my fridge. I need to get it gone. So I made Cape Fear Punch. 
Okay, what is Cape Fear Punch? So, punches sort of predate cocktails. Cocktails mm -hmm. were kind of born out of punches. And because taverns, if you will, in those days, they, you drank beer and, like, whiskey. Okay. You didn't go get mixed drinks or anything like that. So punches came from social clubs. And kind of every club made their own and everything like that. The recipes are frequently a secret, and I'm all, I'm blatantly ripping all this information off from Mount Brown. Go ahead and say that. <laughs> so, and on his episode where he made punches, I, this was kind of the famous one that survived, and the recipe became known, if you will. So it's called the Cape Fear Punch, whichever club came from that it made it. So this was his recipe. Copied it. Okay. With the exception of it, I'm not putting nutmeg in it right now. Because again, this recipe calls for <clears throat> both uh, like club soda mm -hmm. and champagne, which this Ooh. is old. So obviously, both of these have gone, both of those have gone flat. It doesn't taste yeah. bad, but it's just it needs to get used. Um, so this has rum. Uh, Any specific type of rum? Does it be a dark no. rum, light rum? No, this is, I did use a dark rum, but not a very expensive one or anything like that. Cognac. Whiskey. Sweetened green tea. Lemons. Oranges. Champagne. Club soda. Interesting. And then usually after, when you serve it. It's super fizzy. When you first make it, it is. And it's, it's very nice. Like I said, this is flat. It needs to get drank. But obviously there's three kinds of booze plus champagne in it. It's potent stuff. Um, impotent. And also, typically, what I'm also not doing is uh, once you pour a glass, you're supposed to shave a little nutmeg into it. I'm, just, uh, I'm not. Okay. I'm not bothering with that tonight. But when I made it, I did that. It's... Now, most punch though is rum punch, right? Like they don't mm -hmm. like most. Yeah, like punch didn't really like have any other alcohol. He also goes into that like in the punch episode. And he talks mm -hmm. about kind of where punch came from. Originally, it was a sailing thing, mm -hmm. um, and it was like a five. Part so it's like uh, one part strong, one part weak, or like so. Was, I don't remember the portions, but the portions were mattered. So it was something strong, something weak, something sour, something sweet, and then a fifth extra. Okay. And so, like the first punches, if you will, um, <sighs> rum didn't exist yet. That was really a new world thing, but there's something very similar that comes from Indonesia called Octavia Arak. I'm not gonna remember that right. Really, really similar to rum, made very much the same way, but it's not rum. Okay. Tea, of course, because British sailors, so of course it was tea. Yeah. And then, yeah. Cit and then citrus, and then unrefined sugar, and then the fifth thing was spice, some kind of spice. In the case of this, it's nutmeg. So, so hence, this is, has the booze, the tea, the citrus, sweetness from the sweet tea, because you sweeten the green tea, and then the spice. So, okay, so rum was... Uh, rum, first records of rum from Barbados in 1650. Yep. It was called Kill Devil or Rum Bullion, and by 1667 it was simply called rum. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Let me see if I can. And now that's going to 
bug me. So let me see if I can find that. So you have to you use an unspiced rum though. Like you don't go out and buy like a bottle of Captain Morgan's to do like so that. I just kind of grabbed a cheap rum for this, but okay. So okay. Batavia a rock is what I was trying to remember. Batavia. So that's kind okay. of like it's from the old world, like I said, it's from like Indonesia. It was like the precursor to rum, if you will. You know, I've heard, we've talked about this before. You've pointed it out to me. Probably have. Yeah, Batavia, Iraq. I was close, but not, I didn't quite get it right. So. Made from sugarcane and fermented rice and bottled at elevated proof without aging. So it's basically, yeah, it's rum. Because rum is essentially just sugarcane, no rice. So that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. So you can kind of, basically, since that already existed, once the sugarcane started getting planted in the new world, rum was kind they, of, you know. It's the new world version, but the yeah. old world version already existed, and that's what okay. sailors knew. And British sailors were called limeys because they grew limes on their trees or lime trees on their ships to prevent scurvy. Mm -hmm. That's where calling them limeys came from. So, yeah, they'd make, they're sense. British, so they made tea and they'd use Batavia rock and tea and citrus and sugar and then some kind of spice. And behold, that was punch. And obviously, mm. punch developed from there as the new world developed and everything like that. And then eventually, punch became cocktails. Yeah. Black tea or green tea? Like, you, you have green, green tea in your tea. This yeah. is green tea. Like, obviously, it was black tea originally, you know, but okay. th this recipe was green tea. Uh, it might be interesting to try it with, like, an Earl Grey sometime. Like, try to figure out, like, a good, like, Earl Grey style rum punch recipe. Oolong. Oolong, yeah. Oolong nah. doesn't get enough love. Yeah, oolong. Oolong tastes like dirt. That's why it doesn't get love. <laughs> there's a for my electric kettle. There's little color codes on it, like to heat the water to this temperature, temperature, and it's like color coded. And there's that's one, really cool. Like, it is nice, but like the middle setting is yellow, and it's for oolong because I guess you know it's supposed to be like yeah, um, green tea, white tea, oolong, coffee, black tea is like the different settings. Oh, I thought it's, black tea would come before coffee. I didn't know that was coffee. Well, it's came like I said, it's just temperature. Apparently, yeah. like black tea went on. I, whatever. That's just what the thing said. But it's huh. like, I'm like, never going to have oolong tea. Like, this, this <laughs> setting right in the middle is, this setting right in the middle is never going to get used. <laughs> you could go out and buy some oolong tea just for the hell of it. So and, it I don't, and I don't necessarily agree with you. I don't mind oolong. But again, it's been a long time since I've had it. And I'm weird. Gotta, like, I like my coffee. You know, I don't need to prove there's hair on my testicles with black coffee, cream, sugar, blah blah blah. Uh, tea, I actually like plain. I do. I don't like. I mean, I'll drink sweetened tea sometimes, but I actually just kind of like tea plain. I'm you a, know me like that. I'm a like plain coffee drinker, and it's usually has to be like nitro cold brew or cold brew, right? Like I'm not. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a snob. I'm yeah, just, I'm a snob with coffee. You, you know, can afford so. to be. Yeah, I don't know. We're in a recession. I got to cut back. So yeah, <laughs> you, you never know. So but this is um, like, especially with my, like my my looking into like being more healthy, and when I started researching all this, so I used to have a Keurig back of the house. My coffee station in this house now is a French press, an electric mm -hmm. kettle. And whole grain coffee with a grinder. That's it. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. like, that is like health. Now, I would go, like, I, I would start, if I were you, start looking at a different route. Like, uh, you want um, a mold-free bean. Um, and so, because coffee just generally has a lot of, like, 
it's a mold carrying compound. So if you wanted to like try to eliminate molds from your house, like, or from your place, like go try to find a mold free bead. So, and you're picking your nose hairs with a pair of tweezers. I just wanted to freak you out. <laughs> that shit looks um, like a bitch. Especially, oh, yeah. especially the inside ones and the cartilage. Oh my, like, oh, oh that hurts so bad. Anyway. Dude, that's why I bought a nose hair trimmer. Because I was like, I no way one. in hell. I have one. I just, I don't know. I, I hate my nose hair, so I want so you, them gone you, longer. You pluck <laughs> You're gonna sit there and cry as you pull them out. Like your ear, your eyes just like ah. Oh. Beauty is pain. No, no, that's <laughs> that's what we tell women. That doesn't mean us. So. <laughs> you like getting older. Why do hairs have to grow on your nose? Like why? What are, they grow out of my nose. They grow out of my ears. Have you got yeah, that yet? What, yeah. What the hell? I don't, yeah. Like, what, why? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Your body's all of a sudden like, well, I've never had hair here. Let's see what it's like. Yeah. yeah. My my brief dalliance with Snapchat, there was a channel you could watch on that called Beauty ASMR or whatever. And I don't know mm -hmm. shit about ASMR or whatever. But it was a lot of, and it was What is ASMR? <sighs> I'm trying to remember what auditory. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where you, they, you listen people, to like chalk or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People like or like talk like this. Yeah, like it's whatever. and it's supposed to be erotic in some cases or whatever. It can be erotic, or though it's supposedly not sexual. It's just very. Some people just find it very pleasing. Whatever. Yeah. Side point. So this was, and again, a lot of gross stuff, but like things that's gross but like people can't look away from like popping zits and stuff like that so oh my god yeah people ah. like like really really bad zits and like there's actually like a medical professional like popping it or whatever so it was a lot of videos of that crap but then also it was like waxing and it could be anything from like just eyebrows and just or back just watching people get waxed but a couple of times they did the nose where they know shit like put wax up a person's nose with a stick and then they like pinch the, the nostril and yank and you just oh. have like wax at the end of a stick with like all the hair, and they're like, oh, oh. yeah. Oh. I think they did the ears a couple times too, but it was just, ah, oh. yep. But it was just like, oh, but like it was there. Cause it's really hard to look away from, I guess. That makes so, me want to throw up. Oh. But uh, I don't think I could stand it. But man, I'd like to have no hair in my nose for like the six weeks or whatever. Yeah, I I would never do that. Like, th there's just it just doesn't seem. Yeah. Oh, I I don't disagree. You're, no argument here. But yeah, uh, I'd rather deal with the hair. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of pain. There's a um, forty year old virgin where he's getting his oh come wax yeah, yeah and he's like I'm done I'm good yeah. he's got like a the, one. <laughs> yeah the rest of the movie just got this one patch. Yeah. <laughs> that that would be me the whole like the whole way like I'm just I like. I'll, I would rather be a gorilla if, like, there was no other choice. I'll just be a fucking gorilla than deal with that. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of pain, anyways, though. So, like, screw it. Like, pain, yeah, me neither. Yeah, my. Uh, so, well, how'd you get that tattoo then? This, the funny thing, man, is like everybody was like, uh, it, either you hear on the spectrum, there's no pain, or it's a lot of pain, right? And so I went in going, it's probably going to be painful. I'll deal with it. 
right through this. It's only going to be an hour in the chair. I don't care. I could deal for an hour. Right. Uh, it honestly, there was pain, but it was more of an annoyance. Like somebody, like, like I had a sunburn and somebody just kind of kept scraping the sunburn. So it wasn't like I was like screaming in pain kind of thing, screaming in agony, but they do, um, some, some tattoo shops, like they'll do numbing cream. So they'll just like apply, you know, so I don't know. I'm getting one more here soon. Uh, so that's maybe what I'll end up doing is like having you do the numbing cream. You I know it. you, you have no fun with tattoos. I get it. Well, like you just, yeah. Which is funny because you're in a, you're in the military, which is like tattoo. Like that's kind of like a rite of passage in the military. Yep. And uh, so everybody, you know, has to have a tattoo. Just about. And you're like, the, would you, they don't like hearing my opinions on them either. Well, I mean, I don't think anybody would like hearing your opinions on tattoos. Like, yeah, but yeah also, well, but also on tattoos. Like, like, my opinions on tattoos aren't different for men. I'd say they're the same. Mm-hmm. But I don't care what men do. You have a like yours is a beauty complex, though. If I remember, well, right. I just like, yours, is, yours is about like skin is perfect. Do I mess I, up? Well, the skin? I, I do like skin. I love like beautiful <laughs> woman's like perfect flawless skin. And to me, tattoos are like mutilating it on purpose. Like it's it, intentionally scarring yourself. Um, and yeah, I don't not think that no for scar. guys. There's a tattoo. Like my, Same difference as far as I'm concerned. It's not a scar though. Like you would know if it was scarred. Like it would look different. In fact, at least it's... a scar would be kind of awesome with a story behind it or something like that. <laughs> um, like, have you ever seen like lightning scars? I got, sla- I got stabbed with a with a. Fucking fork that had uh, ink in it, dude. Have you ever seen uh, scars from a lightning strike? No, no. Way cooler than any tattoo could ever be. Mm, and it's probably a, it's a story. Like I got hit by fucking lightning. Okay, what about you these know? idiots who brand themselves? Same difference. Like that's a scar. Same difference. Okay. Like I, said, I basically consider like tattoos intentional scarring. But again, it's not that I don't think that about men. I just don't care with men as much. Obviously, because I'm a guy. I'm not looking yeah. at men. Oh, but, and also I think, well, like I said, if you ever wanted to piss people off, just let me go for 30 minutes. Just go. But, uh, I mean, just go, but here's go, thing, on, like, go on your tattoo rant. It doesn't well, I just, me, so. I don't think men are as inclined to make as dumb a decisions with tattoos as women are. I realize there's exceptions. exceptions. I realize that. Don't get me wrong. We, we grew up with people who... Well, somebody in our group bought a tattoo gun, and what happened? I know. Almost every person in the group decided they were going to get tattooed <laughs> by Mister Amateur with a tattoo gun. I know. I don't, yeah, no, okay. okay. All right, all right. But so, like, because um, you had to bring it up in the military. So back, uh, this is years ago. Now I haven't been in contact with this guy in a long time. Uh-huh. But he had. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say a hideous wife. And, okay. She like there's the a song in there them, somewhere or a limerick. And in, in the in the couple of years I knew them, she kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And she already had a small chest. Like, when you mean like she keeps getting wider, like yeah, okay. gaining yeah, weight. Yeah. And she had a small chest, and that was mm-hmm. the only part of her that didn't get any bigger. So it just kept looking worse and worse and worse. But then she got like two like ships on her chest like up, like not on her tits but like above like right here like below the shoulders and they're like one was blue and one was purple they're big 
They looked hideous. They looked stupid. I'm like, well, that looks dumb. Why did she and, get ships? I don't know. Navy, like navy ships? Like yeah, but they were like ships? old, like sailing ships. Like okay, so they're like two ships, like right here, like. And yeah, they weren't like black or anything like that. Like they could at least be like a black tattoo. No, there was like one was blue, one was purple, like. And they, they just looked up. They just looked up. Like, Did she ever give a reason? No, and I didn't ask. I didn't care. Oh, okay. I was just, and I was so. I went. I was thirteen, I think. I went with my mother. So, my mother, when I was growing up, I she had a very small heart on her shoulder mm-hmm. from her wild years or whatever. I thought she had a, a flower somewhere too, like on her ankle. Well, she's or got flowers or something. And she had kind of a. She was already older. She in her thirties, I think. She ended up uh, befriending this woman at her work that was kind of a a whore. I'll put it that way. Um, like when we first knew her, and she was a nice lady. We we got her, but she like started cheating on her husband a whole bunch, and then divorced mm-hmm. him and everything like that. So she was just kind of like a wild child, sort of, even though they're in their thirties. Yeah. Um. So my mom went out with her one night, and she got like a bluebird like on her ankle. And it just was kind okay. of weird. That, you know, she was already a pretty grown woman at this point. And then she decided she wanted to get this cockatoo on her thigh. Okay. And that has, like, um, oh, first she had a rose added to the heart that was on her back, kind of wrapped around it. And then she got this, like, cockatoo on her thigh. And it has, like, flowers and, like, the branches that it's sitting on. Okay. I was, like, 13 when she decided to do that. And I went to the tattoo parlor with her, and I got to watch the, you know, watch my mom get this tattoo. And I was mm-hmm. like, tattoos, like I wanted a tattoo after that. And I had a very good conversation the whole time with the tattoo artist as he's telling me different stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, it's like, be, anyway, the guy who is giving the tattoo and has a whole bunch of tattoos is telling me, like, you got to be really sure about what you want. Everything like, like if I could have gotten tattoos when I was your age, I'd be covered in skulls. And yeah. here I am, I don't have a single skull in my body. And just things like that. And yeah. I got a little older. People get tattoos. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And, you know, like guys we knew up growing up were getting tattoos. And then the last thing, like when I joined the Navy, I was thinking like, I'm going to get a tattoo in every port I go to. And to me, it was thinking like stickers on a suitcase kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like this is Singapore, and this is Hong Kong, and this is Spain, and you know, and it would just be like memories all over my life. Well, yeah, that didn't happen. And it was like, by my mid-twenties, I was like, you know what? If I really wanted a tattoo, I'd have one by now. But they still didn't bother me. I just realized, okay, I don't want any, but people are cool. And so I was briefly in this phase, and I think it was actually, maybe my opinion really started to change on them because of oversaturation. Because I went through this phase around then where I really got into the suicide girls. Mm. And then that was, even before the tattoos started bothering me, that was when I was really like, you know what? Gauged ears are fucking retarded. Yeah. Like, gauged ears bug the shit out of me, and, like, half the girls had them, so that started to, and then I was just like, well, just hold the piercing. Like, really? That's just kind of ugly and stupid. <laughs> and then it was it was just like, I was like, I'd hit the top of the hill at some point, and now I'm going yeah. to the other side. And it's just like, any kind of intentional modification to your body that's permanent, it's just, you know... And that's where I kind of came up with my phrase with tattoos. It is a permanent decision based on a temporary mindset. So really, if mm. somebody can say, 
they have this tattoo for a very specific reason that's very personal or whatever, and there's a story behind it, blah, 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 blah. Like, there's this guy I watched on YouTube, Better Bachelor, Joker is his name, and he did a tour, you know, he kind of backpacked around the world for a while. Hmm. He's got a tattoo on his body somewhere. He's just, I haven't seen it. I've just, he's described it. Where he went to the Philippines, and, like, there's a no-shit village, like, out in the jungle that you actually have to hike to. And there's, like, an 80-year-old woman in this village that still does tattoos the old way. So he did that. He trekked, like, two or, th- or like two or three days through the jungle to find this village, found it, and he got a tattoo from this woman the old way. That's a story. And that yeah. tattoo, like, I completely understand that tattoo. People don't have that idea. People don't do that shit. People just want Not unless you go, like, unless you go to, like, yeah. the Philippines or something yeah, like most that. Most people, yeah. like, they just get the dumbest stuff tattooed on them for just because because they're not think nobody thinks ahead anymore and to me the tattoo craze is just symptomatic of that yeah just nobody thinks I, ahead anymore i mean i can give you that that's why obviously like you hear like all of these you know i follow a bunch of tattoo artists because i like the art form in of itself like there's some really cool things that that people do as artists you know through tattoo and stuff like that and you know like i I see a lot of the shit that people get tattooed on them. And I'm like, I would never in a million years put that on my body. Like, why would I want Pikachu on my body? It just is fucking stupid. You know, it's, it's, I don't like. People get like straight up gross, perverted ones now too. And it's just, yeah. um, But again, but I agree. Like the, the culture is it's norm. Like there's, there's this, there's a very big norm, normative side of having a tattoo. Um, and it being something just dumb and stupid. I'll, I'll give you that. Like, mine has a story. There's a reason for mine. You know, it's not just like... And also, you got one. And it's like... Well, and you're gonna certainly get another be one, two. But, yeah, yeah. But you're not getting sleeves. You're not getting your whole chest done. You're sure as fuck not getting face and forehead tattoos. No. Um, <clears> we used to make fun of it back in the day with the tramp stamp. Like, that used to be the big like, yeah. joke. Like, females getting... And again, that... with girls, and I don't like to see them on girls, but... Mm-hmm. If she has, like, a flower or a cat or a fairy or something in one part of her body and it's kind of small and eh, whatever. But when yeah. the girls start getting sleeves and crap like that and they start getting shit on their chest or, like, it, I lose interest really, really fast. And guys talk about, and I'm not about this, but guys in the spheres I'm talking about, like, you see a woman with, like, red hair, or I don't mean, like, natural red, like, so red hair, purple hair, blue hair, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Tattoos and everything like that. It's the same as like seeing a brightly colored frog in the jungle. Venomous, dangerous, stay away. Or like, guys, and I don't agree with this for entertainment purposes only. This is not relationship material. I I dated I dated the model who had had a bunch of tattoos um, and was yeah venomous as fuck. So yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) and women might get pissed off about it. There's just it's just self preservation at this point. Like you're yeah. just advertising. Now, my girlfriend now, she's got, she grew up part of her childhood in Japan because her dad traveled for work a lot. Mm-hmm. So she's got some Japanese letters down the back of her neck. That's it. I don't, there's like three Japanese characters on the back of her neck. And mm-hmm. she went and said, I, you know, I was young, stuff like that. I would get rid of these. If, I, if it wouldn't just scar and be even worse looking, I'd get rid of them. Yeah. And that doesn't bother me. So, yeah, one little tiny tattoo on the back of her neck. Yeah. It's the, just kind of uh, like... 
the new craze is mandalas, like females getting mandalas for some stupid reason. Like that seems to be like every time you turn around, somebody's getting some woman's like advertising herself as getting a mandala on fucking Instagram. And I'm like, why? I don't even know what like, that is. Oh, you should. Yeah, it's it's just it's like a it's a weird circle pattern. I think it's Hindu. Well, so okay, yeah. Uh, it's the first I've heard of it. Okay, I see that. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen women with tattoos of that, but I get it. Um, my ex got some stupid looking, I'm guessing it's some kind of Wiccan symbol on her chest. Circular, and it, like, I joke at first, it looks like it's, it's a Ohm's Law, but it's not. It's some kind of, like, it's got some kind of symbolism on it. Uh, she's trying to, oh. trying to summon a demon on her chest. And again, like, she's going to have that. She's going to be 60 years old. With this idiot-looking circle on the fucking middle of her chest, and just yeah, but she's the one who's got to live with it. Yeah, like you that's, don't. That's exactly. that's the glory of it. You don't. Beautiful, but it's just I can casually observe from afar that that's fucking retarded. Um, <laughs> idiot ink. I, I, I was calling I mean, idiot stickers. I think I like idiot ink better. So yeah, yeah I. I I, I agree with you that ultimately, like, if it has some story, some character, something, like, again, like, for me, I'd always said that I'll, I'll never get a tattoo because there's never anything that I really want permanently on my body. Like, it was never that I was ever against tattoos. I've just always looked at it and said, that's it. That's, that, to me, it's hard to think that, right? Like, it's like, why do I want something that means nothing to me that I've got to live with till I'm 60 years old, 80 years old, whenever I pass away, right? And so you took it just kind of a little bit more extreme where you're like, it's just stupid anyways. Why would you do anything on your body? You know, so. But again, I will acknowledge if something is absolutely deeply meaningful to you or whatever. Like yeah. That, um, again, or in like the story, like I said, Joker from Better Bachelor, he's got that one because that is just a story. And I'd get a tattoo in that instance. If I trek <laughs> through a jungle to a remote village that you can't even access by vehicle, to get a tattoo done like the legit old school way, yeah, I'd probably do yeah. that. Like the, the sad part too is it's probably more a sterile of an environment than going to a <laughs> tattoo shop. So you know, <laughs> uh, I, just, I, just, I just don't care. And that's part of like where I'm at now, and I have to deal with younger like adults mm-hmm. now, and I'm in a leadership position. And yeah. it's just it's like you know, I'm shouting at the wall. I'm not shouting, but. Well, you so you're four years a, old. I am in right? a, I am in a situation where everyone I work with like, <laughs> tattoos are fucking retarded, and they're just gonna stare at me like, huh? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, and it's just like guys, like even like one guy I work with, and I think he's technically younger, but he's actually one rank higher than me, and he's already got some because he's Navy sailors. Everyone has tattoos, and he's still talking about mm-hmm. more he's gonna get. Permanent decision, temporary <clears throat> mindset. And it, the name Does he know what he's going to get? I think, yeah, he's talking about it. But, uh, uh, and, uh, um, and it sort of like this. And again, this is why I don't also don't care with men as much. Cause in, in Navy guys, if they get Navy tattoos, I get it. Like they get an anchor on their arms, something like that. Okay, Navy, nautically themed. Signi- Back signifies in the day, their. Back in the day, I mean, there was actual symbolism referring to like pig and chicken, um, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, swallows, 
Mm-hmm. People used to get swallows tattooed on their body. And each swallow, I think, represented sailing 5,000 nautical miles. Which, oh, that meant something back in the age of sail. Like, in this day and age, that's, you know, I think just in my first tour in the Navy, I'd have 18 swallows on my body. You know, just because, <laughs> you know. But that, that was the symbol of it. Like, for every 5,000 nautical miles you sail, you put a swallow on you somewhere. So. <laughs> Not a okay. star. There's all sorts of symbolism there. Yeah. Um, but again, it wasn't not necessary. Not mm. And I just, and it's just, you know, I I just think there's going to be a big reckoning, and it with a lot of the places I hang out, and people I talk to, and things like that online. Maybe it's a double standard, but it's just like even maybe guys do have tattoos, but they still see a woman with tattoos as a red flag, and with good reason. I um, I'll see some of that. Like I can understand some of that dating. Could be some of the people that I've dated. Yeah, but like, also like tattoos are like catnip to women, and it probably shouldn't be. If you're you, know, I have seen, at least in my circle of friends and stuff like that, I've seen far more men with sleeves and shit like that. Besides the one that I dated, right. Mm-hmm. But as far as like in in women that I've dated, like everything, I've seen more tattoos on men than I've ever seen on women, and yeah. weird ass <laughs> tattoos like guy getting the stock market bull, and Monopoly Man, and then the Ten Commandments. Like, <laughs> what the f- <laughs> fuck were you doing? You know, like, and I think it's not a secret women find tattoos attractive. Like, you look at any go to just. Make a Tinder profile without any profile without any attention action meaning. I'm just going through the profile. I love tattoos, love tattoos, love tattoos. You probably fucking shouldn't. Yeah. Again, it's it it is a like if you're if what if what you're saying we can follow that same thread to like uh you know lifetime of mistakes all in one idea of like being in a specific mindset at that point. Yeah. Right. Like, and so if if they're looking for a guy with tattoos, it's the same idea. Like, it, is. it is, you know, it's it's like lifetime of pain because of a temporary mindset. So, you know, and I just whatever people can disagree with me all they want. Yeah, I know. I'm well, right. where I think I think we're going to be on a on a bunch of disagreements this evening. So, um, real quick, yes, I am drinking red wine. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we're getting back to the thread for one second here. We've been talking. <laughs> For like an hour, at least an hour, we're getting back to the thread. Caduceus um, is the, uh, the the wine. Uh, this is a temporary. It's called Sanchez. So there we go. So J- James, yeah, uh, Maynard, Maynard James Keenan's uh, winery in Arizona. So yay, tool, woo. Okay, tattoos. speaking tattoos, of tattoos, yeah, tattoos. I don't think he has any tattoos. <laughs> I'd be surprised if he doesn't. But whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. As we're on this kick right now, anyways, um, we have like I I don't know, man. We're I I think I think this is gonna make some people mad, and I'm fine with it. Like honestly, like the more and more we continue to talk about it and deal with it, and <clears throat> so big news this week, at least in the video game world, is the new Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy, um, just came out today. Now, I. When did you know about all of the bullshit that was attached to that game? Uh, 
I think I probably first heard about it two weeks ago or whatever. Two weeks. Okay, so about the same time. We were just like all of a sudden was like out of nowhere. And I just, like, boycott the hell out of this game because J.K. Rowling's views on transsexuality. Because she's a turf. Yeah, well, because the, the word is turf. Rightfully says that men don't menstruate. Sorry, people. Men don't menstruate. I don't care. Um, Have you seen the Joe Biden deep fake out there? No, I haven't. If you can find it, somebody made the exact same one with, uh, with Lucian Lachance from Oblivion. It was glorious. So, yeah, if you can find it, find it. What's it? It's just a Joe Biden deepfake? Yeah, about trans. If mm. you can play the audio, that'd be great. Video altered to show Joe Biden make transformic, transphobic remarks. Yeah, if you can find that audio... Because I, I don't think. Like, I don't think it still exists. Here, let's see if this is, this is Twitter. I really wish you could, like, play the audio on here, but. Are you uh, are you listening to it? I can kind of hear it, but yeah. But I've already um, seen it, so. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Count suspended. Wow. Okay, I, I, I can't listen. That's that's like, wow, basically you're going to end up committing suicide. And it's, it's like poetic in the way that he says it. And like, you're, you're going to just plunge yourself into the cold abyss. Like I said, okay. I saw the exact I, I can't, I can't. Wow. <laughs> I can't listen to that anymore. Like that. Wow. There was one out there, the, the exact same spiel. But again, it was Lucien Lachance from Oblivion. And... Uh, uh, yeah. Um, is this just obviously somebody used AI to, to go ahead and create this? But okay. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a deep fake. It's an obvious deep fake, but it's just yeah. damn. Uh, but see, I, I think so. The, the whole controversy surrounding this video game, I think, proves that people are done. Because he says in this one thing, like, they're just empty platitudes that you're getting, deal with it kind of thing. Like, right now, that's all you're getting. Um, but that's, I, I think that the, the controversy surrounding this game proves that it's no longer like everybody's just tired of this shit. Yeah. Like the, the idea of like, you have to group think and uh, agree with everything that I say, boycott this game, or, uh, you are transphobic. Um, you are a evil, evil human being. 
And we're going to go even deeper because we know that maybe you may not be for trans rights, but you know, you can't be seen as an anti-Semite when we're calling everybody Nazis. So we're going to call the game anti-Semitic too. And we're going to say that you're a Jew hater if uh, you know, you play this game and that alone, like, I'm just like, I can't believe the lengths, like the depth that they have gone to get a game canceled because the, the, the world's creator, the person who's not even invested in the game anymore. Like has oh, no. She's, she's getting royalties from it. And the thing is, I, I, this is left eating their own because she's crazy left wing. Yeah. She's in favor of all this. Basically, she put her flag in the sand with men playing women's sports. I, I'm not going to play the game. I don't indulge mental illness. I'm not going to say biological male or any of that bullshit. They're fucking men. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, like you said, people are just tired of this bullshit. Consider me ahead of the court. I'm not indulging any of their insanity. But, uh, yeah, more or less on 99% of the time, she'd be on their side. But it's it's that religious fanaticism, yeah. which is funny. Now, I think a lot these of are, people... These are the, you get to this, though, when you, you say that religious fanaticism. What these people don't realize is, is their browbeating is the same browbeating that the, the really right-wing Christians back when Harry Potter was a book series... And we're like, we should burn these books because of like these were the people that were like, how dare you burn these books? Like, you know, they were basically standing up for her, and now they're like, ah, fuck it, she's against us, so burn her books. And then like people on the right are making the mistake of like thinking J.K. Rowling's one of them now, no, whatever like like that, and it's absolutely okay. Now and then all this protest came from this game with, and I just told you today, and I just learned about this. I'm not, if I ever play this game, it won't be right away because I don't. I just don't really play them anymore. I'm not yeah. paying sixty bucks for a game anymore. Any of that bullshit. But uh, I paid sixty bucks just for my protest. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck and, you!" And all. you, you made it. Like I said, you may not even play it, but you made a protest buy. And whatever, yeah. that's you know a boycott instead of a boycott. Whatever, yeah. that is what it is. Uh, but there's a trans character in the game, and that, like they said, they probably did that just to try to appease these people. But again, you don't appease anyone. You don't, you no, you can't appease. Piece. Like, you can't appease. As it. soon as you try to appease, like it's it's not enough. Like, yeah, and then, enough. I think I sent never you that screenshot. Enough. I think I sent sent you that Scott that when you told me you were like, there's a trans trans uh, figure in uh in transformer. the game. Yeah, yeah, I called her a transformer, whatever. Um. Anyways, but we so have said no respect for this. I'm not. I'm not going to indulge it. I'm, that's fine. Um, basically, you call it like some, and I sent you the screenshot of like what this was, and like Twitter users are comparing the name because they they say it's stereotypical. Rowling gave the characters a book series: Chow Chang, Black Wizard, Kingly Shacklebolt, right? Um, but it's just like fucking a- hell. They called the only trans witch in like all of Britain, Serona Ryan. So like everybody's mad because she's got like Sir in her name. Probably didn't um, even like Rowling. Probably didn't even make the character. Like, no, it was the, probably was, the game company. Yeah, but yeah. So like, okay, that's wait. everybody's deal. Okay, oh, not named right. <laughs> okay, this and this might be my ignorance on the subject. I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. But what is it about a black character being named Kingsley Shacklebolt? Like, what's the? I I have no clue. Like, I can I can, I can kind of understand. I don't know. I don't. I can kind of understand the Cho Chang. A little bit like I can kind of like okay that might be like a little weird because she's an a, Asian character but it, well because it's Chinese yeah would that be uh they're saying there's no Chinese people that are named that and I, I, and I think I, I mean there's Chinese people who are named Chang but yeah. Cho Chang 
Like it's it's it's, and, it's well, and that's also because she didn't always do it, but in those books, Rowling loved to make names alliterations. Yeah, yeah. She she loved doing that. You know, Severus mm-hmm. Snape. You know, you know. I'm trying to like all the the, the founders of the houses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roger uh, Rowena Ravenclaw, Salazar Slytherin, and Helga Hufflepuff. I, don't know, I can't believe I remember all those. Holy shit! I'm uh, actually very surprised. Um, <laughs> but it was, John's but it was, a secret Potter reader. I, I read all of them. I told you that. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I read them years ago. Um, oh shit! Okay. So obviously, my now ex was a huge fan at the time. Mm-hmm. She grew up on them. And so eventually, I kind of resisted for a while, but somewhat early in our marriage, I did start watching them. And they were—they mm-hmm. weren't even all out at this point. Yeah, and they're I not bad I, movies. They're not bad movies. Um, and they did, a, for the most part, a pretty good job with the books. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, probably the worst one is Order of the Phoenix. Now we're going off on a different tangent, and I'm only <laughs> saying that because that is actually the longest book. And it okay. might have been actually my favorite book. No, it, it can't be the longest because, book because wasn't the last book split up into two books? No, it was split up into two movies, and that was they were the movies that started that fucking trend. Um, <laughs> I'm Johnny. glad that trend didn't last long. I think it was like that in Twilight and well, in the Hobbit. The Hobbit did that bullshit the Hobbit, too. Well, the Hobbit did it with three, and, and again, that yeah. kind of, they had no business fucking doing that. Um, and I always thought it was funny. Queen of the Damned did the opposite, which was even worse. Like they, they crammed two books in the one movie. Everything into yeah, and like they cut out so much. But I'm so yeah. So Order of the Phoenix was actually the longest book, and because of that, and it just just so happened to probably be my favorite book of them. Mm-hmm. So that just that movie was probably the most cropped, if you will, because it, it was made for the longest book. And, now, granted, that being said, uh, like the intro to the sixth book. I was genuinely belly laughing at the what intro is the sixth book. book? Uh, Half Blood Prince. Okay. And the thing that I was laughing my butt off, like literally, I'm reading this and, I'm, and I am belly laughing. It is hilarious. Completely cut out of the movie. I was just like when I went to go. So I started watching the movies, and I think it was the fourth movie had come out, and that's when I was like, okay, I'll watch them. So I watched one, two, three, four, and. Then I went to the fifth one in the theaters with my wife when when it came out in theaters, and mm-hmm. I think it was then somewhere around. I don't remember my timeline. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try reading these. I'm gonna give them a shot. And yeah. I think the sixth book had come out, so I read the sixth, and then I was kind of ready for the seventh one when it came out. All that. So sidetracked it. So I I didn't become a huge Potterhead or anything like that. I didn't reread them. I didn't worship them. I didn't you know spend. All, I read them all once. I'm like, hey, these are not bad. Mm-hmm. And the movies are not bad versions, like renditions of them. They're pretty good adaptations. But I left it at that. Reasonably entertaining. She's a, at least in that instance, she proved herself to be a very adept storyteller. I love how small details in the early books snowball into being very important later on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very detail oriented. A lot of really fine threads. She's a masterful storyteller. Mm-hmm. And that's. More so than any genre or style or whether or not it's for kids or adults. That's what I look for the most when you are a really good storyteller. Could it be fantasy? Could it be sci-fi? Could it be a political thriller? I don't know. If you're a master of storyteller, I'm on board. And she proved herself capable of that with the Harry Potter series. 
when you have somebody though that like weaves together, what, how many was it ultimately seven books? Is that is that how many books it was for the original? Two. She's okay. written an eighth one, which I did not read. Um, and then, but when you weave together seven books like that, right? Like, in in to have a cohesive story that has actually like you have to be a masterful storyteller. Like, it's just yeah. it's all there is to it. Like you, you she took seven books. And in of itself created a, a story and created worlds within these seven. It wasn't just like everything yeah. took place in this one area. It was like it took place in a whole world of areas. So yeah. yeah. And it's it definitely kind of like one of the reasons I like Lost so much is yes, people talk about how cr- like every season of Lost gets just gets crazier than the last, crazier and crazier and crazier. And mm. obviously Things had to change. Rewrites had to happen. Stuff changed. Uh, Echo's character had a much bigger part, but the actor wanted off, so they killed him off surprisingly. But that was because the actor wanted didn't want on the show anymore. So obviously they had to change plans as they went. But however, as crazy as people say Lost was as a show, mm-hmm. the ending was planned, and they they worked towards that. And there was a very definitive direction with that. And it's the same thing with her. And it's not the same. Was it? Like, I heard that they wanted to end it after three seasons and were forced to do six. Yeah, I heard they wanted to do five and the writer strike because two of the seasons ended up really short. Basically, they got stretched to six. That's all I ever heard on it. Okay. Uh, anyway, but it was the groundwork was laid, either that or they're really, really good at storytelling that like mm-hmm. things later on, like you can tell things happen in the final season. You can tell they were planned in season one. Like they were, it started with this eventually in mind. If JK Rowling did not do that for the Harry Potter books, then she's just really damn good. Cause it was, I I just think her, like her storyboard had to have been planned out because she definitely, or it just didn't, there was no indication when you got to the seventh book that she was just like, okay, what am I going to do for this book? And like, you could definitely like she had a focused direction from the beginning, at least. Maybe not with the first. Maybe not with the first book. And as the story if, got deeper, she if, realized she needed that. Maybe not with the first book, but definitely by the second. If not the okay. first book, definitely by the second. I, I just, I, just as a storyteller, I have to give yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so yeah, she's a crazy. You know, we're we were supposed to be talking about the. Well, I, I think it's fine because you can still like respect the art. Like this, this is the crux of the issue, right? At the end of the day, like we, you and I, can take her views outside of everything, right? Knowing that she's crazy left, except for this one issue that we agree on, you know. Um, you and I can both take her work though and be like. She is a masterful storyteller. Like yeah. I can enjoy that story. No, she might have been a one-hit wonder because nothing uh, that, else she's ever come up with. It's yeah. Uh, well, seven-hit wonder, but at least two. No, and <laughs> actually, I got to take back what you're saying. There are things in the first book that definitely indicated her long-term plan. Now that I think about it, really. Um, and this is one of the cooler stories. I love the story, and it's so sad. Alan Rickman died in 2016, yeah. but even before. The seventh book was finished. I do remember hearing she got in touch with Alan Rickman. She got in touch with Alan Rickman and told him, and only him, this is Snape's, you know, destination. This is where the character is going. And 
Um, the early, at least it, this might have been one of the things that changed, maybe. Um, the early because the books, especially because they were the earlier books are for kids, and here's the other thing I like about them: it's like like the early books, definitely kids' books. Yeah, they're like two hundred something pages, you know, like young adult fiction or whatever. The third book's longer. The fourth book's even longer than that. Fifth book's even longer than that. Six went out like that, but now these are like full length adult like novels. Yeah. So like the books got more grown up as they went. Now, but they still had like art in them, which mm-hmm. isn't a big deal. Like you know, every twenty pages or whatever, there's a picture or like the front of the. Yeah, the early depictions of Snape, he had kind of like the typical like wizard goatee and mustache kind of thing. But because Alan Rickman just was perfect, there was nobody else. Yeah, there was nobody else for the um, role. Like, yeah, because he was just so perfect as Snape that kind of Snape became Alan Rickman mm-hmm. as the books went on. Because just because he's, they didn't give the cheesy wizard goatee and mustache to Snape, and it just worked. I will know? say, like, the, the, one of my I. Never reading the, I've never read the books, right? But the one thing that I can take away from the movies, like seeing all the movies, this, the eight movies, seven movies, seven, that they cast that movie, that series, so well. They did. Really did. You look at it like Helena Bottom Carter, right? Mm -hmm. That was the perfect casting. Like she was crazy as fuck and it worked. Um, Alan Rickman, Gary Oldman. Yep. And at the time that Gary Oldman was cast, he was kind of like on his last leg. Like he was kind of moving out of Hollywood. Um, that was that was kind of the movie that brought him back to the forefront. You know, he's all of a still, sudden, like he still kind of is my favorite actor. Yeah, he's brilliant. But I just it, it, like because to me, and then with Gary Oldman in particular, it always comes back to True Romance. Like I watch yeah. True Romance, and I just I cannot believe that it's Gary Oldman. But and he's just, only in it for like a half an hour. If you never, <laughs> no, not even close. Like maybe yeah. five minutes. If you notice that about True Romance, Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette, mm-hmm. everyone else in that movie is a cameo. Yeah. Nobody else in that movie has any real screen time. Everyone else yeah. in the movie is a cameo. That's, That's crazy. awesome. Um, uh, so, so yeah, getting sidetracked here. I would That's right. You know what? Read them. Okay, yeah. just read those seven books. Because um, the only thing really missing from the movies is just kind of like detail. Like the movies just had to abridge some things. Now there are scenes that are, and that's the kind of thing, like I said, the prologue to Half-Blood Prince, I was laughing my ass off. So I was very sad that that was not in the movie. Was this like, um, is he like at, at back like at his parents' house or something? It's not him. Then? It's not him at all. Okay, so so the uh, the thing is, so I'll, I'll go ahead and kind of spoil it, I guess. Well, yeah, you know, at this point, that book's been out for like fifteen years. I mean, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so the prologue to it, it's not Harry's not in it at all. So uh, mm-hmm. Cornelius Fudge was the Minister of Magic. Okay. So it very and if there was places where it mentioned this earlier in the books, I don't remember. But it goes into this whole thing is like when Britain elects a new prime minister and like the new prime minister is alone for the first time, like they've just been elected prime minister of England and they're in their office and there's nobody around. Okay. Whoever the minister of magic is appears to them just like magically appears in their office. There's like, hello, congratulations on being elected prime minister of Britain. I just want you to know magic is real magic users are real we exist in your country 
we completely keep to ourselves. You never have to worry about us. I just want you to know that we exist and you'll never see me again unless okay. something goes really wrong. And that has been like a tradition in England for like ever. So the prime minister of England, if it names him, I don't even remember. So it's it's not like Tony Blair or anything like that. It's just yeah, yeah fictitious character. Fictional, yeah. So Cornelius Fudge, and it's it's the the, the timeline of this. So Cornelius Fudge comes to him and he's just like, congratulations being elected prime minister of Britain. Here's what I just want you to know. Magic is real. We have our own society. We exist among you. Don't worry about us. Unless something goes wrong, you'll never see me again. Have a nice life. And he leaves. But then he's coming back. So, and it's like the whole timeline of the things going wrong with Voldemort. Because Voldemort hates non-magic users. He hates yeah. all that stuff. So, so it's like the whole timeline of like Cornelius Fudge is like the first prime minister of magic in forever. Who has to keep coming back to the prime minister of Britain to fill him in on all these things that are going wrong in the magic world. Because yeah. they're dealing with... I'm going to steal it from Welcome Back Potter from uh, Cracked, but uh, they're dealing with Magic Hitler. Um, and it's just, so it's just like he has to keep coming back to him. It's like, so yeah, this happened, this happened. And, and it finally, like, like the last time he comes to him to tell him all this crap. So it's all the things like going back, like when Voldemort was killed or when he was first a problem and then he's coming back and now he's back. Because that's what, like, now at the end of book five is when everybody knew that Voldemort was back. So, yeah, from book six and seven, the entire magic world was dealing with that. And the British prime minister, who's now he's freaking out because he has, he can't deal with this. He just keeps getting these anonymous reports from this guy. Yeah, he has nothing to do with it. Yeah. And he's finally like, and all he knows is that potentially British citizens could be in danger from something they don't even know exists. And he's like, 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 how are you possibly the Minister of Magic and Cornelius Fudge is like, oh, I'm not. I got fired. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, was, and this was the prologue to the sixth book, and I'm just like, I'm laughing my ass off at this. Where the sixth movie wanted to be all serious, and it had like, just, it had like, Voldemort's followers starting to kill like, British citizens and stuff like yeah. that. Um, that bridge, it's kind of a wild looking bridge across the Thames, the, the, yeah, the Thames in mm-hmm. England, which I, I've walked across before. And it's just like they come flying in and they like spin around it and force the bridge to like twist and break or whatever. The sixth movie starts. That, was, that wasn't one of the movies. It was in the sixth movie. That's what they yeah. did. They did like this dark, ominous, like Voldemort's followers are starting to kill people thing, where it, the book was this whole sequence of like Cornelius <laughs> killings. No, no, Cornelius Fudge keep going back to the British Prime Minister to fill him in on all this crap, and it's just like. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, I was laughing, and I was so sad when I went to go see that movie in theaters. It's like, man, they cut this part out. This part was great. Anyway. Yeah. In an effort to make it darker, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so like, if you think about it, like that's that's kind of a funny, whimsical approach to it like the sixth book actually is pretty lighthearted and funny until the end and obviously because Dumbledore died at the end and obviously that was yeah. dark and sad and everything like that. but then all the parts like leading up to that and it was so like Harry Potter's like awkward kid kind of dealing with stuff in the first three in the fourth one 
he gets entered into the Triwizard Tournament. His best friend and him have a falling out and all this stuff. Hmm. And the fifth one, he's screaming from the rooftops that Voldemort's back and no one believes him and he's become this pariah kind of thing. The sixth book is the only one. He is like the most popular kid in school. Um, Malfoy is actually very subdued in that story, which that the movie did a good job of that. Like he's because basically now the Dark Lord's back and like Voldemort gave him the mission to kill Dumbledore. Potter. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so he's freaking because he's a he's a kid. Yeah, he's a kid. Yeah. And he's got to kill like his headmaster, who's like this super powerful wizard. Mm-hmm. But he can't fail this other super powerful writer. It's, you know, all this crap. So his life is so it's just most of the sixth book, Harry's like, you know, throwing sevens across the board. Mm-hmm. Like the girls all want him, or Ron, like Ron's on cloud nine too. Like him and Ron are just like the kings of the school all through that book. And yeah. it's, it was the, like, because I guess sixth year is like your first year as an upperclassman. So, you know, how it, it's just how it is in high school. Juniors and seniors, yeah. they run the school, and it's the same idea. Well, at the same time, like, Harry's enjoying celebrity status. And it's 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 actually, the book is actually really lighthearted and everything like that, all the way up until the end. I'm trying um, to think of, like, how the movie, because the movie takes a really dark tone. The, the, the movie was a lot darker. Although like, it, it did feels kind like- of... It did still played into that, like how yeah. Harry and Ron were like kings of the school. And but it like felt like Harry was potion. more of a loner. Like he was always like him and Ron were fighting. I thought throughout that, that. was in the fourth one. That was in the fourth one. Okay. Yeah. See, this is where I get confused with it. And so the I do remember Dumbledore dying. I remember like them watching Malfoy or him sneaking in on Malfoy with a with a closet with some sort more. of wardrobe, and then like Malfoy using it as a way to kind of like. Mm-hmm. transport a bird back and forth to see if the bird was still alive or dead or something. It was really weird. Yeah, and that's that was all part of Malfoy's plan to kill Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, and that there's a whole lot of details. And again, this goes back to Rowling being a very good storyteller. There was a lot of details in there that come into play in the last book. Mm-hmm. That uh, I, I won't get into here, but it's, it's just read. Honestly, honest to God, you could probably burn through them in a month. They're, they're good reads. They are. Okay. Um, and it, the movies did a good job, but there's just, just like any adaptation, there's just details missing and things yeah. that cut out that for time that uh, were just really. There's this great part. So, in the fifth one, uh, so obviously, like, what's her name that, from the Ministry of Magic that takes over and starts? Oh, the pink lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know her name, but yeah, the pink lady. Yeah. yeah. She was, so. And what's funny, and Del- like Dolores, yeah, Dolores Umbridge. And what's yeah. funny is in the books, I think they even, he even acknowledges this. So, Mad Eye Moody, who became the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher in the fourth one, yeah. was an R. He's like special R's or like, He's dark like the wizard special forces. Cops. Yeah, yeah, dark wizard catcher cops, whatever you want to call it. Like that. Mm-hmm. But the whole time, it was actually one of you know Voldemort's followers using the Polyjuice potion. He actually had him as a POW the whole time. Yeah, yeah I remember and that. He, a follower and loyal servant to Voldemort, told Harry, "You should think about being coming in armor." It was da- it was and, David Tennant's character, wasn't yes. it? That was that was the yeah it's a, David know, Tennant's okay. character, and it was like so the in the fourth one is he shows like the three unforgivable curses to the class, 
the one okay. where you control people, the one where you torture people, and the one where you, in the books it goes in a little more detail of actually like he uses these. And I was like, you're reading that, I'm like, man, how's he not getting in trouble? Because he's actually starts using them on the students to teach them resistance. What's funny is because oh. he's actually a follower of Voldemort, pretending to be this art. But he's teaching. But he's them like how he's to... like legitimately a good teacher. Yeah. And like it's like goes into like how Harry actually starts resisting the Imperius curse. And he's actually like, Wow, you're doing really good with this. You should become an R. Like giving the enemy like the best possible advice. It's really weird. So hmm. like that clicked in Harry's mind, and that's kind of like that gave him direction. <laughs> and it's excuse me, those exams they take in the fifth year. The owls. Because the sixth and seventh year are kind of where you start focusing on, like, your specializations. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just general magic teaching anymore. You start focusing on, like, your strengths. Which is Brit- British school anyways. Like, that's how British school's done. Yeah. Which so. makes sense. And so you, you meet with your, your school's, your, your house's headmaster, and it's like a guidance counselor meeting. So he's meeting with McGonagall at the mm-hmm. end of his fifth year before the owls. And because he's become such a pain in the ass, Umbridge is there sitting in on this. And uh, because it's Harry Potter. And he tells McGonagall, I want to be an R. And she was like, ooh, really, you do? Um, hmm. Well, well, you you got like an A+. Plus. I mean, that's not what they call it, but like an A+, plus in Defense Against the Dark Arts, which that's like always been his best class. Mm-hmm. Um, you do okay in potions, but Snape only accepts the best. Uh, like it's basically trying to like, like you know, let him down gently. Yeah. But Umbridge keeps butting in, and she pisses McGonagall off to this to the point where she's just like, "Harry, you're going to become an R if it's the last thing I do." Like because Umbridge just won't leave her alone. She gets. She, and it, yeah, it was another just kind of cool scene that's not in the movies. Um, yeah. And again, that the fifth one was the most cut down. There's a lot in the fifth book that. that maybe... Okay, so uh, Order of the Phoenix because fourth yeah. one was Goblet, right? The Goblet, Goblet of Fire. Movie. Yeah, yeah, and then so then the fifth one was Order of the Phoenix, okay, yeah, which was basically where they put together the the army, right? Yeah, Dumbledore's army. That's because... that's the one where uh, what's his where Gary Oldman's character dies. Yes, because. Uh, uh, Helena Bottom Carter Biela, Biela, Lestrange kills him. Who is his sister, by the way? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I just gotta get all of this right. Like, I the, the most that I know of Harry Potter has always been that, the movies. Like, it's goes, always been the movies. So, like that always, and that goes back to J.K. Rowling's thing for alliteration names because her name was Bellatrix Black. Ah, and then she married a Lestrange. She married. She married Lestrange, so she became Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs> Um, that's what I always point out in the sky because the like the front facing star of Orion Mm. is Bellatrix, and then behind Orion, Canis Major, brightest star in the sky, Sirius, and then behind that, Leo, the brightest star in Leo is Regulus, who was the other brother, who you never. So she used the she used astrology to name the characters. That's awesome, astronomy. But yeah. So yeah, the, the the three siblings in the family, Bellatrix, 
Sirius and Regulus. You never meet Regulus because he's already dead, but he plays a very important role, especially in the sixth book. In the books. Whatever. Not even in the movies, though. In the movie, too. So, like, because in, in the sixth movie, <clears throat> book, whatever, when Harry and Dumbledore go for that locket, mm-hmm. and after Dumbledore's dead, and they realize the locket's fake because Regulus had already gone and gotten it. Like, Regulus died a long time ago. He's never in them. But he is one of the many, because. Sirius was like the only one in the Black family that wasn't a dark wizard and didn't follow Voldemort. Regulus was the younger brother who did follow it, but realized he was wrong and turned against it. But oh, so he went to kill. He he was basically tried to collect the Horcrux to kill. Yeah, yeah like yeah. he okay. realized he was on the wrong side. He tried to change sides, so he went and got the locket. So the locket that Harry and Dumbledore got was actually a fake because Regulus had already been there. But you never meet Regulus in the books or movies. He's a, he's already dead at that point. So wait, because Dumbledore, if I remember right, though, Dumbledore was already dying because of that locket. No, from a different Horcrux. That okay, destroying the book. It. The book. Yeah. Okay. The yeah the diary. So he yeah. had already like to destroy it. Basically involved cursing yourself, so you were going to die. So yeah. Dumbledore knew he was going to die, and he yeah. made it as important. You know, he made his death as meaningful as possible. And he almost set up knowing that it was going to be Malfoy who who killed him. He almost set the whole thing up so that way knowing that the wand would transfer to Malfoy, not to... And that was... And when I said that, <clears throat> even that played in details later. Malfoy didn't even know that he was... Actually, and neither did Voldemort, because the Elder yeah. Wand, which all that stuff you find out, is, it only responds to the champion. So it's not working for Voldemort like it should, and that was even that was a play that Dumbledore fooled him with. He never really Snape killed him, yeah, but he didn't know that Malfoy had disarmed him first. So technically, Malfoy was the owner of the Elder Wand, and he didn't know Voldemort yeah. didn't know. That was just one last like Dumbledore was always playing forty chess. Isn't it cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Like, cool. just, it was just yeah. he was always. Voldemort was pure power. Yeah. He didn't understand strategy, if you will. Yeah. And that was like Dumbledore basically played him from the beginning. Um, if you kind of think about it too in a in a weird way, uh this idea of like uh Dumbledore like it I, I remember that Harry Potter was upset that he that it was almost like Dumbledore had used him in many ways, versus in, you know kind of and that was the other thing with what's her name? That's like the gossip columnist that's in the fourth book, the Tadler or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. um, in the seventh <clears throat> book, she's not in it, but she's come out with basically a tell-all like biography of Dumbledore that mm-hmm. hears all his dirty laundry that nobody knew previously. Yeah, th- this is where it came out that he was gay, and he basically uh, nothing, was... that. And see, that's kind of one more thing with Rowling. Like, fuck you, bitch. Like, you never did any of that shit. Like this was you appeasing the crowd. Like, yeah. I, I, do you I think do, so? Do you think that she was trying to appease the nothing, crowd? There is nothing gay about Dumbledore in any of the books. No, but and this was the that was something they came out with after the fact. But I think Dumbledore was gay because he was an old man that never got married. And, and Rowling's like, you got it. That's right. He was gay the whole time. And there was this I mean, whole thing because. He got famous for defeating the last dark wizard, Grindelwald. Yeah, and she says whole... that she had a 
relationship they had this with. like they were enemies because he was the dark wizard now dumbledore wasn't but they mm-hmm. had like this gay romance going on at the same time and this was all her filling in <coughs> to appease the crowd because saying dumbledore was gay the whole time she was fine with i, I will give her respect for planting the flag on the trans issue yeah and that's why some everybody hates her now she's a turf which can't remember that is something something radical feminist but the feminists who aren't on board with the trans thing at least you know, in terms funny, of like locker rooms and sports it's it's hilarious because i have um like just knowing rob i don't think you know robin but she was friends with angie um her her and her wife right lesbians they come out lesbians. Like, this tra- the, the whole trans situation to them is bullshit they're like no like you're telling me that all of a sudden these guys who want to get laid have decided that they are suddenly females and that they can date lesbians and they call lesbians homophobes mm-hmm. because was, they're like, yeah, they're like, oh, you're transphobic and because see, you don't want to date a guy that, or you don't want to date a woman who has male genitalia. In the trans community, I don't know, you know what, fuck, I'm, even that was appeasing, I don't want to talk to it, but these fucking Transformers and they're just wacko lefty supporters yeah. we call them Turks, which is the exact mm-hmm. same term they give to rally. And Rowling, she's all on board with the transition and everything. She just doesn't think if you have a penis, you should play in girls' sports or be yeah. in their locker rooms or get sent to women's prison or all that shit. Which but I can agree with. It's fucking wrong. Because, again, you ha- you I, you literally have guys who have decided that they are females to compete better in sports. Don't tell me that that's Absolutely. not that doesn't exist. You have men. As I said before, you had men who basically are calling themselves women – so that way they can they even, can get with a lesbian even before like, like that swimming fuck yeah like, and, and that was I think that was when a lot of people really started to wake up to this issue with him but like there was a fucking tranny uh, MMA fighter he fucking fractured the woman's skull mm-hmm. that's fucked up that is yeah on fucked up like we're just you don't put a bullshit. man. You don't put a man mm-hmm. and a but woman I'm... in a ring together to fight. No. Because no. the man will kick the shit and, out of the woman. And, and you are saying it right, because that's exactly what it fucking is. It is a man and a woman. Yeah. There is no fucking... No, I don't play this biological male bullshit. None of it. I'm you, fucking tired of this. You know what? This I, I don't care. You want to call worse. yourself a woman? You want to call yourself a woman? Fine. Don't go into the same locker room. Like... Find a locker room that is separate from every from I'm, the biological I'm, I'm sex not, people, whatever. I'm not going to indulge mental illness. It's fucking yeah. mental illness. Yeah, I just it. like, or it's attention seeking. It's, it's attention seeking bullshit. I will say all of fucking that. Real. Yes. I to play devil's advocate, and I'm strictly. I don't even. I don't even believe this. I'm just playing devil's advocate. If, if technically speaking, it is theoretically possible. That a person who is completely and totally mentally a woman can be born in a man's body, that would be so astonishingly rare that, like, each individual case of it would be worthy of, like, a journal, like a scientific journal. This shit is not real. Yeah. We we are trying, and that's, like, sex changes, like, gender reassignments. This is just body mutilation. You don't mm-hmm. have a vagina now. You have a hole in your body that was surgically installed. Yep. You don't have a penis now. You have 
like skin taken off your thigh, rolled up, and fucking to look like it's here. Yeah, yeah. This is this is. We are trying to shape reality to fit broken mindsets. Reality yeah. is reality. If your mental, if your mental picture does not fit reality, it's not reality that needs to change. Yeah. Pure and simple. I'm fucking tired of playing this game. I'm not well, playing. I am not going to play this game at all. I'm not. I am not against what you're saying because we live in a society right now where. But this is my truth. I don't okay. care what you say. Yeah. <laughs> But like we somebody will society. turn it society. It works though. Like it works. It, but <laughs> we live in a world where people like will literally look at you and say, This is my truth, and you have to accept it. Yeah. I can look at it and say, fine, that's your truth, but you're a fucking wacko. Right? Like, because that's I could, not but the I truth. won't. I yeah. won't even say that first part. I'll just say you're a fucking <laughs> I just, I'm not going to play. I'm not right. going to play this fucking game. Fuck them. Does it, it, to you, it's a game. I is it enough game. to just, just, but is it enough just to walk away, from, like, just to say, all right, you live in your world, and I'm just going to walk away, and you live your life however happy you want to be happy, like, whatever makes you happy. Maybe, fine, but I'm not even going to go that far. I'm just going to say, you're a fucktard. That shit's not real. You can say it all you want. That's your choice. But I'm is my choice to say that's fucking bullshit. Fair and enough. You fair enough. Fucking know it. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll give you it. You, you do it. Not gonna play this fucking game. Yeah. It's and it's this is the like I what I said about rap earlier. How rap? Yeah. yeah. Or, well, I said it to you in text. Rap is talentless dog shit. Garbage. Well, the new shit, the new shit. I, I and, and you could agree with that. I, I, maybe I will give you like the '80s hip hop that was the descendant of disco or whatever. I don't I mean, when you that. talk about like Sugar Hill Gang, you talk even NWA. Like I know that you would, you would Tupac. I'm like, just saying, fucking Wu Tang Clan. This is my truth. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. What I said to you before. Rap <laughs> is garbage. Yeah. Everyone knows it's garbage. No one will admit it's garbage. And this is why I said it's like its popularity is societal Stockholm syndrome. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. That's what I started to call it. And this is the same thing. It is societal Stockholm syndrome. I don't have Stockholm syndrome or trans is concerned. Yeah. It's concerned. You're a fucktard. Or you're an attention seeking fucktard. It's one of the two. I, I, I'll go more attention seeking nowadays than it. Because back, so when we were in high There's, school, there is when we were in high school, what happened? Social contagion. It was. like it, it, At this point, that's exactly what it is. More than anything, it's like, I need to stand out. And this lets me stand out. Because it gives me a voice in this world. right? And so when we were in high school, how did women stand out amongst most men friend groups? We had a bunch of women that hung out with us. What were they always doing? I'm a lesbian. Oh, kiss this other girl. Like to us, it was like, oh, you guys should kiss because you're lesbians and we just want to watch girls kiss. You know, and so like it, it fits that profile of attention seeking. Why most women in high school called themselves lesbians, even though at the end of the day, they really weren't. They just, they didn't know better. They were just seeking men's approval. Right? Or, or just attention in general. Yeah. And, and this is, this, this falls in that same category. It, 
Fuck, there was an episode of Red Eye years and years ago, and, like, Bill Schultz was still on it. Something about a girl in college, I don't even remember the story, but it was just, he said it so deadpan that caught everybody offline. It's just like, mm-hmm. some guy talking about his sister who was a lesbian, I don't even remember the story. And he just, like, said, fucking, like, he just thought I said, okay, first of all, your sister's not a lesbian, she's a sophomore. And I <laughs> Because that's kind of the stereotype is, you know, girls go to college like their freshman year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They bang a bunch of dudes. Sophomore year, they try the girls out. And then, like, they balance out, like, the junior, senior year. But it was just, like, the way he said it, it's like, your sister's not a lesbian, she's a sophomore. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> but it's so true. It is so fucking true. Really that's is. Uh, In case you couldn't tell, this shit is strong. I, I you know what, I, 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 I can't tell you, there's, there's, there's three kinds of booze in this, and when I started tonight, there was this much in here. Oh, Jesus Christ. John. <laughs> Those are lemons, by the way. John's, John's like, this shit's get, getting rid of tonight. Like, there's, we're not, I'm not having this shit, which means I give John about, like, we've been an hour and a half into this, an hour and a half into this, I give you... Maybe ten more minutes before John starts to like nod off before you start to like get you're like. All right, man, it's kind of late. I'm, I'm ready. Are to we go. we might be the only podcast. <laughs> we might be the only podcast where like one of the members like we basically call it quits because I'm falling asleep. Because you're you're falling asleep <laughs> and too drunk. Yeah, yeah, at some point, like <laughs> I think that's why we ended like every episode. <laughs> It's like, you get oh, bored, you're just like, uh, I need to go, guys. Yeah, it's late. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm going to call it here. Like, <laughs> we have no plan. No, no, we just talk. Hence, hence, like, the whole point of this episode was to literally talk about that Harry Potter game bullshit. And, and we're the, the, about the boycott. Like, yeah, and we've, we've gone off on, like, how Harry Potter is actually really good lore. <laughs> and I'm on, like, my sixth drink of, like... Really strong punch. That is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> How long has that been sitting in your fridge? How long has it been fermenting? I, I made it uh, January twenty first. Okay, so about a little bit less than a month. Okay, about three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, it's long gone flat. This is like I said, it just needs to get gone. Did you make it for a reason, or you're just like I just? I made it this? when I went to court. I had to go back to South Carolina to go to court. So my really, really good friend that I made in church when I was down there, mm-hmm. him and his wife and everything like that, like they let me stay at their place, but they were out of town. So I was house sitting. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend came over and I wanted to do something a little different. So I made Cape Fear Punch. Okay. We ended up not drinking very much of it. Yeah. So I grabbed a jug from them. And brought it home with me because it was like fifty dollars worth of booze. I didn't. I didn't want to just pour it down the drain. Yeah, it was kind of stupid, right? Like, yeah. So I brought it home with me, and I've had like a glass here or there of it. But I was like, man, this stuff just needs to get drank. The champagne and the club soda has long been flat. It's just sitting in my fridge, and it just. But it was ready made, ready to go for recording tonight. And it's. Yeah. It doesn't taste bad. It's citrusy booze. You know what? It, it's almost like when you make that drink, though, rather than add the club soda and the and the um, champagne is like into the mix, like you should just basically pour 
a little like as you pour the pour a little bit of club soda, pour a little bit of champagne. Like you'd have to see the gut eats episode where he makes this, and because he does address that, he he goes into that. Like okay, did you just when you made it was a whole. Like you poured in all the bottle, like you just poured a whole bottle of champagne in, poured a whole bottle of rum in. Well, I, everything was small because again, it was just for the two of us and everything yeah. like that. I d- I bought the small bottles behind the counter. Okay, I didn't buy like seven hundred and fifty milliliters. I bought the small Cavassier, I bought the small whatever rum, and I ended up not using all the rum. What fucking whiskey did I bourbon that I use? I mean, probably just the cheap whiskey, like Jameson or something, right? <sighs> I don't remember. I don't even remember. Whatever. Like I said, it's not bad. I just have to remember to drink plenty of water before I crash tonight so I don't wake up with a hangover. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So do I. I'm, I'm waking up and playing bass tomorrow morning. I'm doing so. my uh, new members group. Because I, I, when I joined this church, when I moved, I did. Mm-hmm. I was teaching at my last church. After all this, and I've been dropping F-bombs all night, and I'm talking about how I teach <laughs> Sunday school. I Whatever, dude. Like, uh, there... Uh, a sin is a sin is a sin is a sin is a sin, whatever. Fair enough. Fair enough. But let's just say my heart was just convicted here for a minute. But uh, I did tell when I, you know, my new church up here, I'm very happy with it. Very good. But it's a lot smaller than the church I was at before. before yeah. I um, and at the church I was at before I moved, I was teaching Sunday school, alternating weeks with my friend. Um. So I met in this past again because the church is a lot smaller, and it's not that I didn't talk to the pastor of my old church. I did, but he had a huge. It's not a mega church, but it was a big church, so he had a lot. Yeah, of, this is a much much smaller church, so the pastor is much more much more approachable. And I did flat out said him, I was a member of a Baptist church in you know where I'm from. I'm was looking for a new church here, and this is pretty close, but also very spiritual. I think I like it here. So I'm looking to transfer my membership. So I have the new members class tomorrow because, and I did tell them I was teaching young adults, like college, college students at my last church. Yeah. yeah. So to do that here, I need to be a member. So tomorrow morning before the service is new members class. Do you, is there, so this is what gets me about being a member of a church. Um, sometimes is like, it becomes more of like you promise and there's nothing wrong with like, tithing it's part of going to church like we are you know it's, it's just part of but the idea of like it's some churches to be a member it's almost like you're required to tithe so much a year or something to that aspect and that's i mean that's always that gotten to me about that type of like me- like to be a member of this church you have to do this and it's just like that's this, not like I mean, a god thing church like is, i should be this, led by god to, 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 this church is small enough like the, this pastor actually still has a full-time job okay like he actually goes to work, it does a job, and then he pastors. Mm-hmm. He's actually not earning a living as a pastor. Just kind of the way it should be. I hate to say that, but it kind of should be that way. And I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah. Um, uh, just a good spiritual mentor. I think I've I found a good place here. I'll put it that way. Okay. Um, is it what is it Baptist? It's Baptist, okay. which I am not a Baptist. Mm-hmm. But I had good luck with a Baptist church where I'm from, or where I just came from, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And, this is south, man. So, and I found this church here, and <clears throat> immediately felt like, yep, this is a good place. Like, 
<laughs> you know, so compared to my ex-wife, mm-hmm. like what I said about my new girlfriend, like her walk with the Lord has me at a dead sprint trying to catch up to her. And <laughs> That's a good thing. It's a good now thing. you're like, now you're like, how do I be a spiritual leader of a household? Like, how do I be a man? It is you know, a, how do I be a manly ex- spiritual person? It is, it is an extremely good thing. It is not a criticism at all. If yeah. it is a criticism, it is a criticism of this guy right here. Exactly. It has yeah. nothing to do with her. It has to do with me and the world. And that she has just shown that light on me like, wow, I've got some catching up to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have still a similar feeling with this church. Okay. Uh, you know, it's funny. Cause I, I do consider myself knowledgeable yeah without ego i'm saying this honestly i think of above average intelligence Mm -hmm. i have a good understanding of the bible i've read it through all the way through before and i've read you have a better understanding than i do so that much i do fine just whatever so so i go through and then like i start teaching Mm -hmm. and because i'm a history buff so like especially because with the lessons we were doing in Sunday school all last year was in Second Kings and it's all history, history of Israel and all that stuff like that. Yeah. And I know like the timeline and things like that. And so that was good. So it was like, here's my head. Like And then there was a, an older gentleman who was teaching the class before I got involved. Okay. And he said something about us like you go through the gospels. You'll see many, many instances of Jesus marveling at somebody's faith. There is not one single instance of Jesus marveling at somebody's intelligence. And that keeps echoing back through my head. Like, I'll get like, okay, I know the Bible. I know the timeline. And then that phrase comes back in my head. It's like... (laughs) And it is it. Because it, it's it's amazing because, you know, my pastor says a lot of like similar kind of ideas um, when, when he talks um, and one of them being this aspect of like, he's like, we have a lot of people who want to be learned in the Bible, but not a lot of people who want to be like actual faith in the Bible. Like they're just like, like a Paul, you know, counted all blessings, you know, like I'm doing good works because Christ told me to do good works. And that's all that matters. This, I'm so bad at this. I'm so bad at this because, but that's what's been on my. That's what's been on my mind. But I'm so bad about it. It's just like, you know, it's not about you, right? Yeah, it's not about you. Yeah, and and I say that to myself, and I get it, and I'm just so bad at that. I'm just oh, why am I so bad at that? Yeah, and it was like. I keep wanting, like, ooh, look at me. I'm so respected. <laughs> I'm so smart. I'm so yeah. smart. And as it's, I'm like, I'm teaching these 12 year olds Bible knowledge. Well, not and I'm like 21 year olds. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm drinking it, yeah. here. But it was like, <laughs> I'm so smart teaching these 21 year olds all about the Bible because I know so much. And I was just like, that is interesting. You're a servant with a command. And I'm like, oh. Because I know it's true. I know it's true. And it's, it, uh, it brings me back to earth, but I just, it's not shame, but conviction. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's at heart. So we have it like just being part of the worship team. Right. And 
I I will say that I've gotten to a point where like people hear some of the shit that I do and they're like, you've gotten really good at the bass, Steve. Like you sound really good. You know, oh, I liked it when you did that. And and I have to, yes, John finished it. There's just nothing but lemons sitting in the bottom of this jug. This well, oh, I poured it out. So I got to finish this and then I'm done. John, John, John has a hooch jug is what it is. If it was brown bottle with like X's marked on it, it would be a hooch jug. You know? <laughs> Dude, I'm... This is why I thought it said hooch. That's why I thought it was hooch when you first like. I'm showed drunk. like what was I, I could tell yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm it's, drunk i'm giving this like another like 10 minutes before you're like i'm tired <laughs> well I, I i won't say that yet but i do have to pee and i want a cigarette okay there, well you can have both while we're still doing this can't you? I, I don't smoke inside oh that's a smart idea okay well yeah. we could always do a break if you needed a cigarette so i'm, not, I'm fine with that uh, dude i wish we were wait, hanging out wait right wait, now. wait 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 we could this whole time we could have done breaks. We could have done a break if you needed a break. This whole time, like yeah, before tonight. I mean, this whole time. Yeah, I've been doing this podcast for like a year and a half, and I could have been taking breaks this whole time. All you would have had to do was say, "Can I have a quick break?" And I would be like, "Yeah, go take a break." I need to pee, and I want a cigarette. Can we take a break? Uh, let's can, convene here. Can we can we keep this in the podcast? We I will want... keep this in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need music, like some like you know how Monty Python has the like the intermission. <laughs> I wish I wish we had a, te- a technical difficulty yeah. screen right now, but I know this is just a podcast. I know you don't actually, I know you don't actually publish the video. No, but it would be funny, like a technical like a technical difficulties, and it's showing John smoking a cigarette. He's like, <laughs> all right, I need to pee and I want a cigarette. So all right, yeah, yeah, take a break. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah. Thank you. 
What was that? And we're back. <laughs> that was uh did you ever see Monty Python in the in the uh, Holy Grail? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like that was the intermission music that they played. It's like literally two minutes. So like all of a sudden at the end of the like before the end of the movie, they're like, and we have a brief intermission. And it's two minutes long. And so you can imagine like back then in the 70s when that movie came out. People are like, intermission! And they go and walk out of the movie theater, go have a smoke or whatever. And it's two minutes and they come back and then the movie's over. Like, you could just imagine that type of, like, it was like, oh, we're going to punk the whole audience right here. You know? <laughs> All these people are like, oh, shit. So, yeah. So, anyways, intermission music. There we go. Well, and on that note, I guess we're done. Yeah. <laughs> That was a fast cigarette. Are you vaping? Is that is that why like that was no? Fun? In fact, actually, sm- that was a long one because that was an American spirit. Mm. American spirits burn forever. Damn, dude! I wish we were hanging out. Yeah, I wish we were hanging out. But so, what were we talking about before you had to pee and go smoke? Like, what what was what was the th- we were talking about? Oh, the the church stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. John, um, no, we're not hypocritical. We understand that we have our flaws, and that's that's why we go to church, because at the end of the day, we have our flaws. Um, like, you actually do feel, like, convicted, though, about the cussing thing, which I find kind of interesting. Which I'm still bad about. Well, we both are. Like, I cuss all the time. Like, anybody who's listened to this podcast. In fact, I had people from my church listen to the podcast once. They just told me. I didn't, like, tell them they should listen to it. They just found it out through the social channels and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you're really salty. And I was like, yeah, it's just part of who I am. And they were very taken back by the fact that, like, we cussed in this podcast. You know, so. 
I just, I try to watch my mouth. Do you? Yeah. And almost now I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to dial it back. And that's kind of led me to the point that when I do cuss, mm-hmm. it's very deliberate. Like I am a I am cussing on purpose when I do cuss. And it, Usually not, because you're angry? You use it as like an anger or to express like a feeling? Anger, express a feeling, yeah. Like I am getting my point across. And when I drop an F-bomb, it's because I'm getting my point across. And I know that's not right. Yeah. But it's just... And I'm not perfect and I'm still working on it, but it's just... It's... It, how do I put this... I don't just let cuss words fly out of my mouth. Yeah. When I do use them, I'm using them on purpose. And that's not... It's not better. And I don't mm. want to call it better. Not not by any stretch. It's just a... Uh, it's an expression of intent. So I don't really have okay. a better way to put it right now. That's um, fine. But it's it's the I, I like to think that even that's not right. I like to think that no, even that's not correct. It's just it's still wrong when I do it. But I don't just say cuss words anymore. When I say them, I'm being very deliberate. There's a reason for it. Well, yeah, but there shouldn't be. It, but it's it's just the point I'm the just the point I'm trying to make right now is it's deliberate when I do it. Okay, I for me like cussing is just a natural vocabulary, and I, I maybe and I had somebody at church actually like tell me like that's you know like you know that's evil blah 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 you know and I, I look at that in a, in a sense of like okay well you're one of those who's like going to cast out demons aspect. Like, I don't care what you have to say in regards to me being evil because I'm cussing. Like, you know, Bob over there goes home, gets drunk, beats his wife, and you're upset at me because I'm cussing. Like, let's weigh the, this you know, guy pros and cons. Yeah, well, it's just, this This is my problem with, with churchy people in general. Like, they'll, they hold one thing up as a sin, as a sin worse than others. And it's like, nah, they're all equal. Like, unholy is unholy in God's world. So let's just call a spade a spade, you know, at the end of the day. Fair like, enough. So, um, so I can recognize though, that, that my vernacular and my vocabulary probably comes across as very crass and I'm fine with that. Like, do I cuss while I'm at church? No. Um, but that's just becomes from like a, like I have no reason to cuss at church. Like there's no like, God damn shit fucking pop pop you know none of that stuff that needs to come out like it's just that's not what are you doing i don't know my dad said to me oh and i shouldn't i've opened up my thing <laughs> is that an ad what the hell is that like that was an ad my dad went anyway, you know <laughs> This is my, John drunk. Like this is this is why we end up like my dad. John sent a te- <laughs> my dad sent a text, and I went to look at it. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, so like John just opens up a, a random text with a YouTube video in the middle of it, and he's like, "Oh damn, I should have done that." Um, 
That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm so easily distracted. Uh, you are. You're like a, a dog that sees shiny object and you're like, squirrel. <laughs> Dad sent text. Must see what he sent me. Fine, whatever. Like, if you have to watch it, what did, what did your dad send you? Like, I'm curious. I'm absolutely curious now. It, it was a video of a of a plane landing on Bora Bora. What? Like, <laughs> why? Why? Because we like that kind of stuff. Okay, like you like the idea of planes landing or Bora Bora, like the view of the Both, Bora Bora. Um, okay, um, for like Saint Bart's in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. There's an airport on Saint Bart's. Yeah, it is a very treacherous landing because there's a mountain right there, so the okay. plane has to like descend really, like it crests that hill, that mountain, and mm -hmm. then has to descend really fast. And so it doesn't dad, go around the island to the other well, no, side to land. Cause the air, no, because the airport's like where it is. It's nestled right behind it, basically a mountain. Wow. Not a lot of room on Sigmar's or on any of these yeah, islands. Yeah. So it's just a plane has to get barely over that mountain and just drop altitude real fast. And then also like... <laughs> Meanwhile, Saint, everybody's ears are like popping like fucking crazy. And like St. Martin, uh, like planes land and take off like right over one of the beaches. So there's lots of footage... Of people like filming like as a plane lands like right over these people at the beach. Oh, that's kind of cool. My dad sends stuff like that. Uh, he sent me a video. My dad's scientifically inclined. I'm scientifically inclined. We like ocean. We like water. We like mountains. We like islands. We like planes. We like ships, boats, and all that. Uh, he sent me one earlier of a somebody's like pleasure yacht out in some really rough seas, and the coast guard's like already there. Trying to like make a rescue because this boat's like, you know, screwed. Yeah, and like the coast guard diver is like already in the water, and this boat gets swamped by a massive wave. Oh shit! Yeah, and it's like like you see the the boat like tumble twice, and it it comes upright, but like yeah. whoever was still on the boat just got their world rocked, and that's the kind of mm. stuff my dad sends me. And you know, I'm not complaining because I think that's. I'm my father's son. I think that stuff's awesome. Yeah. I did and see a video like that where you see a guy in a boat, like in the galley of the boat, and you watch him like the camera is steady. So you don't realize that the boat is like doing these weird loop to loop things, but you just watch him like all of a sudden, like he's just walking. And the next thing you know, he's like floating like this. And then he goes, lands upright. And then again, and then he just slides the rest of the way. He's like, no, done. Like that kind of weird shit. You're like, oh damn. Like that's could lead it back to the dog thing. Like just how unimaginably powerful the ocean is. Yeah. And we go out in these little toys and float on top of it, and we just it rocks us. Yeah. And then and you it... take you take the Christian point of view, and you're like, how? Weird and wonderful is God to create something that majestic and there's weird. A, there's a tweet. So I've been suspended off Twitter for months now. For the Again? second time. Well, yeah, still. I thought that, Elon like got rid of all that shit. Well, and I got suspended again. Um, 
But I still you must see... have been doing some bad shit to get suspended off of Elon's Twitter. Okay, okay. my second time was total bullshit. I'm just going to say it right there. And I, I appealed it like twice and got rejected both times. Anyway, but I still see, see tweets every once in a while. And one of them has kind of been making the rounds lately, and I love it. It was just like, the sun will burn your eyes out from 93 million miles away. And people mm-hmm. think they're going to just casually stroll into the presence of its creator. Wow. I love that. I love that. I mean, that that gives... Like we, we, you and I have talked about this before, like the whole, like Moses, right? We, you and I were talking about Moses this whole week. Um, and one of the things was Moses wearing the veil because God essentially coming into his tent and talking to him, like they were friends. Right. And when you think in, in that kind of Moses had to wear a veil because the presence of God, like the, the presence of God was on him so much so that it would have scared others because it was so bright amazing i know and, like, and he wasn't even allowed to like look at god's face it was you know turn around i'll let you look at his back i'll let you look yeah. at my back mm-hmm. i'm gonna you turn around i'm gonna walk by and i'll let you turn back around after i've already passed because you can crazy? see my back and that and that was up on the mountain like that was majestic there. yeah majestic and yet, yeah, we, we do. It's weird because we have all this idea of like, at the at the end of days, all of us will be casting crowns at his feet, right? At the at the end of the days, we're going we're going to be able to look in this and cast crowns. Yeah. There's no way. Like, there's yeah. like <laughs> that is there's no there's a reason why it's called the great and terrible day of the Lord. Yep. And it is. It's amazing. All my favorite verses are equal parts inspiring and terrifying yeah because there's just no other word for it terrifying i mean to our minds now now obviously that that might be different then right well just just to be our broken selves in the presence of such fear well, but are we are we broken at that point? So, so remember, at the end of days, we're remade. At the be, judgment, we're like, we're, I'd say at the judgment, we are. We're broken. I, I, I wonder yeah, this. So, I, I wonder if we're going to be literally naked I, I, at I, the judgment. At a couple of times, I brought this up in Sunday school. Like, I wonder if we're going to be literally naked because, without a shadow of a doubt, we're going to be emotionally, spiritually, and mentally naked. Yeah. Like there's no other way. So I'm we wondering, are standing in front of our creator. It's, a, it's like a, it's a day with no shadows, and everybody on that day, there will be no more lies. There will be no more excuses. There will be no more places to hide. Yeah. Mentally, emotionally, any of that, it's all going to be stripped from us, and it's yeah, just going to be our naked psyches in the presence of the Almighty for judgment. You've either stood. With the Lord, your life, and so, and that's why I wonder. Or you did, yeah, yeah. Literally naked, because that would mean to me that makes sense. Just no more places to hide. I mean, if you think about it, like what was uh, after after Adam and Eve, like after they ate the apple, what was the first thing they did? They hid themselves they hid them. because they realized that they were naked. Yeah, they realized that they were shameful. Right? Like all of a sudden they, they realized how 
like yeah. how much shame there was. And so they hid themselves from God. Because they had enjoyed just being in God's presence up to that point. Yeah. And it's just, that's the thing. We are drenched in that sin. And so confronted with the being of pure holiness. Yeah. We just we, we won't be able to compete. We won't be able to do anything. We won't. Yeah. There will be no thoughts. There will be no lies. There will be no, nothing. Which our naked selves just before perfection, and it'll it'll probably physically hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Thank the Lord for grace and mercy. <laughs> I mean, the you literally wrapped up the thought of Christianity right there. Like, thank the Lord for grace and mercy. Like, at the end of the day, like knowing what we like, who we are, right? Where and I, what, what we've talked, yeah, yeah. I just know, and you know, people who don't believe or whatever. I know where I am God's position. I know what I would do to me. Yeah. And the fact that he's not going to do that to me, when I know full well in his position, I would do that to me. Mm -hmm. Especially when the idea of the way, the reason why his punishment is so severe is because unholiness cannot stand in his presence. Yeah. Like, it's just, can't. like in everything There's... that we are is unholy. Like, yeah. we sit here, like, we're filth. We're filth. <laughs> and when we're in that presence, everything's going to crumble. Like just yeah, yeah. every lie we've built up around ourselves, every excuse, every, you know, justification, every rationalization, it's just going to be yeah. gone. And what are we what will we be at that point? Yeah. This was all my favorite verses are Equal parts terrifying and inspiring. Yeah. My one the quintessential example is there's anybody who denies me before men, I will deny before my father. Mm. I'm terrified of that verse. Terrified. Well, and especially you being a teacher should be terrified, right? Because essentially you like the things that you teach. No, Brent, the, about yeah, and the inspirational side of that is also anyone who acknowledges me before men, I'll acknowledge before my father. Yeah, yeah. And boy, I just I I don't believe I believe I am saved. Yeah, I have acknowledged the risen Lord. Mm -hmm. So I'm not actually afraid of this because I because I believe and I've acknowledged that. But it does not change the fact that I am terrified of the verse when it was said. Go away. I don't know you. Yeah. That is a, that is the scariest verse in the in the entire Bible. Be gone from me. I don't know you. I don't I don't want that to be said about me. I don't want that to be said to me. That is terrifying to me. Yeah. I can't think of a worse I can't think of anything that's worse than that. It's just to be cast out in, in an instant. Right, you are no, don't yeah. don't want that to happen to me. The uh, the separate the wheat from the chaff, right? Yeah, I mean that's essentially what it is. When the sheep from the goats and all the different, 
the, all the different parables analogies, wheat from the chaff, sheep from the goats. Okay. Please, Lord, acknowledge me at your throne. Yeah. That is, I can't think of a worse that than to say, be gone. I don't, you never knew me. I never knew you. There's, um, I'm scared. I am terrified of that verse. So just being on the worship team, like it's, it's hit me hard. You like you, this, this tattoo has a lot of like symbology for me. Like it is it's a symbol, you know, in my life. Symbolism. Like it's, it's symbolism. Thank you. I'm, I'm having like hard time with symbology is a different thing. word. Yeah. Thank you. With words these days. I don't know what it is. It's just my, my brain has been toasted. Um, anyways, it's all like crystal so, meth. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 cocaine's a wonderful drug. <laughs> so what is it? Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Okay. Anyways. Um, so like this, like this says Levi, right? The, 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 the symbol is it's, it's Hebrew for, for Levi, right? Which is, we all know, or maybe we don't all know, but at the end of the day was, was God's chosen people to be his priests, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were the people who essentially, they were the, in charge of the tent. They were in charge of the tabernacle. They were, they were the ones who, were giving like as as the Jews came up to them and said, like we take our gifts to you know they were the ones making the scapegoats they were the ones essentially responsible for their people like they were responsible for God they were responsible for their people for the sins of their people which is crazy to think like that's you know like God basically made a group of people responsible for the sins of their people yeah what because he set aside the firstborn belongs to me. Yeah, yeah, in terms of cattle and everything like that. And All that. Yeah. And as, while Levi wasn't the literal firstborn, that was the the equivalent of it. Is, yeah. He said, so this is what I'm going to give the people of Israel, and this is what I'm going to give to this tribe, and this tribe, and this tribe. The Levites are different. Yep. The Levites are mine. There's going to be a few cities that are given to them, so they can do their thing. But they will not have land. They will not be given the things that the other no. tribes. They will live amongst their people because like they, they, because the Levites, I am ordering be set aside to be my priests. Yep. So, if you look at like a worship team in general, is they are carrying the physical presence of God to their people, right? And so, this tattoo, when I get on stage for me, is a daily reminder that I am up here giving, like, carrying the physical presence of God to these people now i'm using music as a tool right in that in that aspect um but it's it's wrong for me to say like it all fails if 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 it's all on my shoulders right because god's going to work through whatever he's going to work through at the end of the day it doesn't matter like if i'm going to make god that small to say like well if the music sucks then god's not going to be there that's not true it's it's about is my heart there Right. And so where's my heart in it? And I have to be very cognizant. The scary part of me is I'm bringing the presence of God to the people. And if my heart's not right, then am I bringing my heart or am I bringing, am I bringing God or am I bringing my heart to the people? Right. And so that's a very scary, that, that, that is a, that's, that's a, cause that's, that's a sin. Like that's, it's a huge sin. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, and to be up there and to, to think that it's all on my shoulders is wrong. Um, and so, so there's, so I get that like aspect of like where that fear lies of like, you know, am I doing the right thing? 
is my heart actually in this because it's God's work or is my heart in it because I'm looking for people to enjoy me, to like me, that sort of thing. So that is the tightrope. Yeah. And it's, you know, the same thing like I was saying earlier. It's that tightrope I've become acutely aware of. Yeah. Where I have to, I, my flawed self keeps wanting to achieve glory. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not about me. You. It's not about me. Um, How shameful I am trying to make it about me. So what do you, I'm curious though, what do you do to keep it about God? Like when you get up there, what do you do to keep it about God? I just stay focused on the point. Like, what are we trying, especially well, like we were making our way in Sunday school through First and Second Kings. What was God trying to teach us in First and Second Kings? And that's kind of also like the quintessential example of it. It's not about you. And you, you just see this parade of kings that got that wrong. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's true everywhere. And it's in the, in the Bible. It's true everywhere. Yeah. Well, even, I mean, we could turn around and say, I mean, even Solomon got it wrong, but Solomon was still loved. Uh, David got it wrong. David was still loved. The only reason why Saul, at the end of the day, was uh, was unloved amongst God, like the reason why God basically said, you're not my king anymore, like you will not be king, um, is because Saul was, he was, he was never contrite about what he did. You know, like Saul goes and essentially claims all the glory for himself. And then when you know, he's, he's told, Hey, by the way, like God's upset at you. And he's like, Oh, well, I'm sorry. All right. And just goes on with his life where David goes, you know, Hey, God's upset at you because of what you did to Bathsheba and her husband. And David's response is immediately like stripping down, throwing on sackcloth, you know, fasting. Literally. I I have sinned. That was, it's like the literal direct quote. He's like, I want, repentance, please forgive me for what I've done. Like it's, you know, so immediate response of like, I am, I am a horrible human being. I can't believe I did that. So, Oh, this went a different way, different direction than I think any of us was expecting, (laughs) but it's all right. Like, you know, I'm tired. Are you? (laughs) I knew it was going to happen. I was going to, John's like, Oh, it's two hours ahead. But I yeah, am two hours ahead of you. I am two hours ahead of you. Half a bottle of hooch. Will you admit that it was at least half a bottle of hooch? It was a half bottle of hooch. Yeah, that you said gets on top of your shit really quick too. Like, like half a bottle of <laughs> cognac, rum, and whiskey. <laughs> With tea, you should have gotten some caffeine from the tea and a little bit of zing from the sugar. Green yeah. tea, there's not a lot of yeah. caffeine in there. At least you got your vitamin C because there was lit lime in there, so you're good. And now you're drinking a Rockstar? No, no, I had drink this before we... Oh, before to give yourself a little bit of a boost? Okay, yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Um, all right, well, we'll let John get to bed. He probably could use another cigarette before he goes to sleep. Um, it, Dude, it's been fun. I miss talking to you, and <laughs> I... We need my to brother. I, I know. My yes. brother. I know. I know. I I cannot like I cannot stress to you like I need to get out there. So and I think you know it too. So oh, um, you were if you're serious, you're serious. Yeah, it's gotta happen. 
I just want you to be sure. I just want you to be sure before you make that plunge. No, I know. I know. I just, it, so there's a lot of shit going on at work for me right now. I don't know. Kind of, we've got, obviously the tech industry in general is kind of up and down with all the shit. So it's better to kind of not, you know, make any moves yet until I figure out what's going on there. But yeah, I miss you. And I, I, I feel like it's time. Like, it's just time to like get together, hang out, be, be with my brother again. So yeah. Yeah. Even, even if I'm in South Carolina near Virginia, I think that works because we can still make time for each other. I don't, I don't plan on staying here. Yeah. You like you got you are planning on going back to South Carolina, right? That's my plan. I don't know what the future holds, but that's my plan. Okay. What would change that? I'm curious. Like what what would happen where you like the only thing potentially think of is work. Four more years in the Navy kind of situation where they're like, by the way, we want to keep you. Not my plan. I, to for that to even be possible, I'd have to get promoted. Yeah. Which you said like would take more effort than anything at this point in time, right? Like, because you didn't go to officer yeah. officer school, so that's like you're enlisted. All, that's all water under the bridge right now. So okay, all right. Um, and then, could you give an update when when you go back to court? Did anything happen or no court? No court update yet. Um, we haven't recorded since I last went to court, right? Yeah, yeah, we have not recorded since then. All right, so. I don't know how much I'll listen. So this last court date was January. Today's February 12th? Mm-hmm. February 11th. 11th. So my last time I went to court was January 23rd. Okay. This was not me. I didn't. I, at the behest of my lawyer and everything, I took her to court August 1st of last year. Mm-hmm. This court date was not me. Okay. This was the guardian ad litem filing a contempt charge against her. And my attorney filing a contempt charge against her. Okay. My attorney for, so she was given 10 days on August 1st when we went to court. She was given 10 days to provide a financial declaration to the court and my attorney. She did not do that. So my attorney filed a contempt charge. She was ordered to pay my attorney $1,750, which is essentially additional legal costs for her failure of compliance. And that was okay, But that was deferred to a later date. I don't remember the legal definition. Deferred is, that's the, like, that word is applicable, but that's not the legal term. I don't remember what the legal term is. Yeah. Conveyance or something. Okay. The charge was the guardian ad litem saying she has not done, any, she has not paid her half of the retainer. She has not cooperated with my investigation at all all these things so that was so on january 23rd when we went to court uh-huh. she was given that week that was a monday she was given that week that all three kids and her would be in the guardian ad litem's office mm-hmm. that week and then also <clears throat> she was given till january 30th to pay $1,250 to the guardian ad litem for gas she's burned. Because that's the other thing, like, she's filed. Because my kids all have, like, 40-plus absences from school. That's what you were saying. But, so, like, the guardian ad litem, like, she would go to the kid's school to interview the kids, and she'd drive all the way out there. It's like an hour drive for her. Mm -hmm. 
and the kids aren't even in school that day. So fucked up. So yeah. So like the the retainer was seven hundred and fifty dollars for each of us. Fifteen fifteen hundred dollars is the retainer. We're each mm-hmm. responsible for half of it. I paid my seven fifty. She never paid her seven fifty. So the seven fifty plus like all the time she's wasted driving out there and everything like that. So she had until the thirtieth to pay twelve hundred and fifty dollars, or there. She did not make it by then. She would have to turn herself in to serve ten days in jail. If she did not turn herself in, then there would be a bench warrant out for her arrest. I love the fact that she has to serve jail time now. Like after sending that you was, to jail, that, that was, <laughs> that's if she did not. That's if she she did not pay the twelve fifty okay, thirty fair. January. All I know is she did not go to jail. Okay, so she must have figured it out. Okay, all right, all right. All I can say, I I do there not have go. any updates at this point. But so okay. this court date I had January twenty third. This was just to like the judge basically poking his finger in her face and saying, "You will start complying." I gave these. We had the same judge that we had back in August. These are my orders that you ignored. You will do this now, or you will go to jail. So it's not even like nothing got resolved at that court date. That was literally just you're in contempt on two different counts. Straighten up. So the guardian, so the guardian ad litem can complete her investigation, and we can get this ball rolling and get this divorce under. Because basically, I have passed the one year mark of separation to file for divorce, Mm -hmm. but custody has to get resolved first. Yeah. Whatever. I am. Uh, I'm really, really hoping this goes in my favor for custody because she's not a. She's not. It's a gonna mother. have to. Like, if if this doesn't, if, if if a judge looks at this and says, "Oh, it was just a mistake," like he needs to get slapped, right? If the guardian, if the guardian at Lightham has shown up at this house. At least, and seen that it's in a disarray. Yeah, like, that was I, part of it. She showed that she's just like I. I did. I like basically an unannounced visit to the house. I was appalled by the condition. So being the the guardian of the money saying the, the the condition of the house is appalling. A and these all three kids have like forty plus absences from school. It's like obviously those, that mom is not taking care of shit. Like it's exactly, obvious. Exactly. Uh, I dude, she, like I will. She went off the deep end. She fucking went off this whole issue. Like those last two years of my life, she's a child. She is a child. And and I, I made sure to make that point in the last time we spoke and had arguments. You're yeah. acting like a teenage. You're doing the dumb shit I did when I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Yep. In your mid thirties. She got so offended by that. Because it's like, like you shone a light on this on the issue. You turned around and you were like, this is it. Like, do you understand? Like, this is shit. Like, of course somebody, because their brain is not like geared towards recognizing when they do wrong. Never. Like, is she mentally ill? That's my only question. Do you, do you know, has she ever gone to a therapist to get like looked at for any of this no. shit? And at the end of the day, that's kind of she really needs that. She needs to go to a she needs a counselor. Yeah. 
somebody to, but she probably would never do it because I bet you deep down inside, she's probably some weird fucking thing. Like, um, what do they call it? Uh, 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 it's not bipolar, uh, borderline personality. You know, everything's not her fault. It's somebody else's. Well, that's like sociopathy, but yeah. Yeah. Jeez, man. I'm sorry, dude. I really am. I am sorry. I'm living my life. Yeah, that's all you can do? See these boxes behind me? I know. I did, man. I, I Those did, are like, all my books. I don't have a bookshelf. Those are all your books? I just, I don't I, have a, I don't, I, I opened all those boxes. I unwrapped them, but I just don't have a bookshelf. I am. All these boxes behind me are my books. I am I am enamored with the fact that you never got rid of your books. Like that Why you still I? have paper books. I I replaced all my books with to like digital format. Like I don't I I've I've very few actual paper books anymore. So like okay. that is take away from this lesson. Honest and I am being one hundred percent sincere and honest, read the Harry Potters. Alright. Read the seven books. They're not they'll go fast. They're good reads, they're easy reads. Okay. She's a good storyteller. Just read them. Just read them. All right. All right. I can do that. I will do that. I will do that. By the way, the Harry Potters aren't there. Those were all my wives. I'm just just saying. I have a lot of political stuff in there, and as well as fiction. And like uh, I said, those I are just all fine. my books that I just, they were all on the bookshelves. And okay. Whatever. Hmm. From my past life when I was a married man. <laughs> when you had to deal with that shit. Uh, all right, well, we'll call it a night because I know that you want to go to bed, um, and I don't want to keep you up. So, um, I drink. This has been fun. Of hooch. Of hooch, you did, <laughs> and it wasn't really hooch. Rum punch. We'll call it rum punch. And then you're drinking. You got water. Water. Eat some bread. <laughs> some bed shit up tonight. Give your give give your liver some help. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we'll do this again very very soon very very soon where there's not it was i love it man. it was like man how are we gonna talk tonight but this was a good podcast it's probably it's again favorite, favorite podcast one. yeah it's probably my favorite podcast we've ever done yeah. um i think it helped that i just started it without you even knowing like it was just like i'm just gonna like You're start this better, by the way <laughs> Son of a bitch. We were talking about that one time. Like we ended the podcast, and you and I kept talking for like another hour. And you're like, "Wait, why did we not? Why are we not recording?" So I was like, "Fuck it." From now on, I'm literally just gonna start this shit and see where it goes. Okay. Like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna try to monetize our dumbass conversations. All right. Oh, we got to, dude. We have to. We got to make money doing this. The Germans will pay us. <laughs> uh, the Germans. The Germans. Yeah. After they hear that I'm Jewish, like they're gonna be like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, we're turning him off. Send him to the camp." <laughs> well, that's where I'm at, basically. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
been friends for like 20 years. I get to get away with that. You do. You do. Well, that's, I, I, I technically like, I'll always throw like some Jewish joke in like to a group of people just for the hell of it. Cause it's just like, and they'll give me that look like, is this okay? Is this okay? And I was like, the Jewish guy says it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I did that to Peter's in-laws the other day. Like they were over at his house and, and um, they said something and I was like, oh, it's all right. You know, they just send us to the gas chamber and they, and they like, <laughs> and I was like, just remember, this is the Jewish guy telling you guys this. And then they laughed and they're like, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can have fun with this. So I was like, <laughs> so all right. I was like all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, fine. Okay. You know, if you cannot have fun doing that shit. It's and on that weird. note, <laughs> um, hey, so parting joke. Okay. What do you call it when you remove corruption from the government? What is that? Anti-Semitism. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have to end it now. <laughs> All right, I'm Steve. And I'm John. And this is Quixotic. <laughs> <laughs>